up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Shit Podcast. This is episode 48. Uh, this one's going to be fun. <laughs> I've been wanting to do this one for a while. Uh, we were going to do another Ask the Chief uh, discussion. And then Bob reached out to a couple other people because we had been talking about having like a, a gathering of chiefs to do like basically the, have have a discussion that would be generally held behind the closed door of the mess, right? Where just a chief sitting in there talking about things, right? We went through a lot of different things and I mean, some of it had a common thread, but we went over a lot of different topics and some of it's just us joking around and having fun. So, uh, this one's fun. Uh, I really wanted to give the perspective of that thing, right. Where it let like the conversations that happen behind closed doors, it's not any salacious, like secret divulging or anything that like people think probably happens. It's, it's a more common conversation that you probably hear um, is just us debating topics, talking about leadership stuff and expressing our opinions and having some fun while we do it. So uh, I really hope you guys enjoy this. I, I had a blast. I think everybody else did too. We did have a couple of technical difficulties uh, during the recording where we lost doc and Jeff or no, not Jeff. Uh, we lost doc and uh, and Bob at the end there. But so me and chief Bayless just, uh, <laughs> had a little talk at the end about some things and then wrapped it up. But I hope you guys enjoy this. Check it out. He's a I've been slumps. in this, like I've been in this quarantine type thing. I've got yeah. a, you know, I got a nine year old and a four year old at home and I, he's a slow starter at all I, things. And so. I see why like wild animals eat their young at this point. Like, Holy crap. <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm like, so we're all cooped up and is like, she doesn't like not going outside. So I can finally, I think I've convinced her to go out in the garage and work out. Cause we have a pretty nice gym out there. Um, but yeah, she's like angry cause she can't leave the house. <laughs> and so I can imagine, only imagine what kids would do. Well, that's, it's that's rough. a good question right now is like, so how are you guys? Um, so like for us, you know, we're, we're pretty much alternating work, right? So we're trying to yeah. maintain like, I don't want to like OPSEC, you know, throw throw right, the flag right. on the field with OPSEC <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, we are like literally reduced in yeah. manning. And then, but, you know, grocery stores are still open. Even mm-hmm. the liquor stores here are open, which is ridiculous, yeah. honestly. Yeah, but for us, here. it's, yeah, for us, it's like, um, they're pretty, it's, our, I'm not going to get into politics political opinions but like Mm -hmm. our governor has like been very like locked down the state Mm. um they it's not that strict but it's like essential like trips only and then government personnel are accepted from the so it's like it's a law that they're not really going to enforce but pretty much yeah, yeah like but um you're it's like if there was a bunch of people like flagrantly disregarding it and so that's what the only mm-hmm. thing that they're really trying to prevent is like large groups of people. Like there's a right. skate park by my house, man. There was 30 kids there just like outside in the sun. Cause it was a nice day and just like skating so like, and riding. So like locally, you know, I've been telling people and I'm, I'm definitely not like a doctor, which we have a doctor on the, on the podcast here, right. That can give better insight into this. Not a real doctor. He's not a real doctor. Well, thank you. know, Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for the clarification. You're welcome. Well, well, you know, he's not a real doctor, but he's the best we got. Well, He's my wife, <laughs> my wife is a real doctor. Uh, like oh, she has yeah. some stuff at the end of her name. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but I've been encouraging people, man, like go outside and work out, like go spend yeah, an man. hour in the sun. Like Jesus, yeah. nobody said oh, you yeah. can't go outside and move your body a little bit. Jeez. You just got to stay six feet away from anyone else, you know, sure. but you could go out and get, you can go out and get some sunshine, some fresh air. And that's, you know, um, you, you'd be surprised at how, 
uh, how important that could be in somebody's, you know, in somebody's mental health and well-being. Yeah, mood and stuff, man. I got oh, these absolutely. things called. I got these things called happy lights. Uh, mm. I used to take them underway and put them in my rack, and it's you, like a. I guess it's a light bulb that gives you like simulated sunlight or something. You got a tanning bed. Yeah, that's uh, right. no, so you got no, you got I a don't. tanning bed. I'm turning it on right now because you're so looking got, like hey, Jersey Shore. <laughs> hey doc, it's, uh, hey doc, on. let's let's talk about that for a second, man, because I love that topic uh, about just how movement affects your mental um, wellness. You know, your your well being. Um, so, what what are your thoughts on that? Like, where where do you come to that conclusion? Because I I definitely agree, and I have a lot of thoughts on that myself. But where are you at with that? Well, as far as uh, as far as like exercise and and uh, or is 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 that what you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. So, well, I'll, like I'll preface it with my, my philosophy is that, yeah, I think that there's, I, I don't know the science and I don't know that there is really clear science on it, but I definitely know that it is like, it, from my experience in my life, I am a way better human being after a workout. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like after a 30 minute, 45 minute, two hour, whatever that thing is, if I just go outside and move my body, I can yeah. show up as a way better human being. So what are your thoughts on that? I I'd love I, to hear I, like a medical. Uh, again, not a person. real doctor, just a yeah, fake doctor. Just, you know, um, <laughs> he's, you know, he's I'll a pretend doctor. All disclaimers aside, um, there's there's absolutely uh, documented evidence that um, exercise, um, physical activity, um, spikes endorphin levels. It it, uh, it mm-hmm. makes you feel better um, chemically, yeah. And um, and that's you know it it is a great stress reliever, a great mood enhancer. Um, and uh, anytime I'd have somebody that was under a lot of stress that would come to me on the boat and they're like, you know, you can tell that these guys are just, they're just kind of burned out, run down. I would, I would often advise them that you, you go jump on the bike or the treadmill or, or, you know, go run, go run for a little bit, you know, um, and then uh, come back and talk to me and see how, you know, see if you're still having these, these feelings um, because, because it, it is true. Exercise is a mood enhancer. And a stress reliever, and uh, it's yeah. one of the most effective ways of uh, decreasing kind of that decreasing and de- decompressing at the end of the day, especially or or whenever you do it at the end of the you know all in all, it's just it's good for you and it makes you feel good. Yeah, my wife. Uh, it's actually interesting because my wife knows nothing about the Navy or the military, right? And uh, she she brought up to me one time that was pretty profound, and I, I don't know that I've ever shared it publicly or even if I've really expounded on this thought myself, uh, but she was like, it's just not a natural being for people to be in that deployment lifestyle, right? Where like, yeah. especially for you guys on a submarine, right? Like, I mean, it's even closer, like you're hot racking there's like what one treadmill, right? Like back in the aft torpedo tube room uh, or something. Depends like. on the platform. Yeah, there is no aft torpedo room, but uh, that sends World War II anyway. But <laughs> yeah, there's right, uh, right. no. Nah, so there's yeah, diesel on, boats fa- forever on fast boats. There's definitely way less stuff. Like I was, yeah, one of my first boats. It was like that where we had like one treadmill, a uh, couple of stationary bikes, and some free weights, and that was it. Um, but yeah, like on but- me, me and Doc were on a boomer, and it's like man, like it's it's you got a pretty it's it's not like a going to a no joke gym like on base mm-hmm. but it's like they had a lot of equipment man we had a smith machine and like it was scattered all over the submarine but it, you could really you could get a great workout in absolutely so never like waiting in line for equipment uh yeah, yeah. um Some, you have sometimes to, 
Yeah, you'd have to like if you if you had your heart set on squatting and somebody got back there before you. I mean, there's only one machine, so you just got to go do something else. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could you could still get a workout. And if you're if you were bent on staying in shape, it's like you just got to go do something else that day. And I then, think that's you got to look at numbers. You got to look at that. Oh, hey, Bob's here. Though. Hi, Bob. Oh, hey. <laughs> if you look at the, if you look at the numbers for that, though, right, like, you know, you split the boat into thirds and there's right. already only so many people. So you split the, the, the crew up into thirds for the watches and then you take that number and how many people are yeah. actually, you know, bent on going to work out after watch. Like half yeah, of them are either working on like quals or 40 people or, probably in a section. And then, yeah, and then maybe most 10 of people those yeah. <laughs> maybe are, are actually wanting to work out on a regular basis. So yeah. the amount of people you're fighting with for machines, like, you know, all three of them. And yeah, you all have figured something out. Yeah. You know, I, you I think that's kind of like what you guys are kind of putting a a punctuation on is like, we are kind of already like for me, this quarantine thing, I'm like, good. (laughs) Like like, no worries. I'll save some money. Uh, Like I got toilet paper. I've got, well, yeah, uh, I'll save some money. Now I spent a ton of money right when it started, right when I started freaking out, (sighs) you know, but as long as I can go outside and work out and like Mm -hmm. still do my job, like I'm finding ways to be creative, to fill my time in positive ways. And I think being a sailor on a ship on deployment gives you those tools, right? Like you're already ready to go. Like I was born for this. I'm a funny body anyway. (laughs) It's funny that you're talking about like having all those tools after being on a deployment, right? So where I'm at, we've got 1500 or I don't know, maybe more, but something a school students, right. That have never been on anything. I'm out in Groton. It's a so, okay. submarine school. It's a oh, hey, the, me too. the base so, in Groton is like a training command. It's a ton of just a dude, school. I was just there. Yeah, I went to yeah, uh, yeah. DAPA school there. Yeah, the, oh, fleets, yeah. the, the, the Navy's largest fleet training school. Anyways, yeah. uh, so we've got tons of these guys, right, who they all, you know, they're living in their barracks and, and all that. But with all these restrictions that are coming out, they're all just bored out of their mind. And I yeah. can't blame them. But we well, took let's away talk about their... Rotten for a minute because I was there for a week, man. And uh, like, I'm a big like mental health proponent. And uh, wow, that place like they've got some challenges already. Just the location, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, eh, I just... I say the same thing to all the students though. Like, I mm-hmm. I still say that every base within a five mile radius of each base is just miserable. You yeah. just have to leave that five mile radius. Like I can oh, tell you, yeah. yeah, I did a shore duty. My first shore duty was in Groton, and everybody was like, "Oh, rotten Groton! You don't want to go there. That's terrible." Yeah, and I loved it, man. <laughs> it's rough. It's gross. I loved and, you know, it. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I, I live here is- also, and and there's. You know, like like Bob said, it, there's plenty to do if you leave. Yeah. like the five mile radius around the base. The um, problem is that we can't now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, all the well, fun the stuff is there, outside like, the uh, off-limits zone. So I was stationed in Ingleside, Texas, which is pretty much the similar deal to Groton uh, when I was there. I mean, limited experience, only one week, but you need a vehicle to do that, which requires you to make responsible decisions in driving that vehicle and doing things off base, right? And choosing things that are positive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the four of us can say, okay, yeah, it's really easy to just like leave base and, you know. Right. But if you live in Virginia sure. Beach... All you got to do is hop in an Uber, go down to the oceanfront, have a few drinks, have a good time, Uber back to your apartment or to the base and then hit your rack. And it's very easy to make good decisions. You know what I mean? But if you're in a place like Rodden or like what Ingleside, Texas was when I was there, a lot of sailors, man, they they would drink and drive like it was nothing because there was no other choice. 
to them. I mean, there's plenty you know? of stuff and opportunities and chances. Like, like there's it's 2020. Like, there's a million mm-hmm. different ways to get around to right. do that stuff. And there's plenty For of sure. bars. There's plenty of good scenes that you can get to within a twenty dollar cab ride, and you can yeah. still go, uh, you know, bar hop and all that. But the problem is like a what's the population that's over 21 that we have? Yeah. Um, and then B wait, wait, wait. Go, go back to that. What do you mean with that? Sorry. Well, we don't have, uh, there's with the amount of a school people like first to session, they're fresh out of boot camp. Yeah. So how many, Oh, so everybody is there is already a, of drinking age. Well, some no, people opposite. No, what yeah. I'm saying is that the majority are, oh, the opposite. are Got 21 you. and okay. under. Right. Majority so, are under. Yeah. so going out, doing anything involving alcohol is not an option for them. But for those that, that it is, um, that at least right now, you know, there's everything is shut down. Like there's nowhere to yeah. go do that. Uh, Even like MWR stuff is shut down. Like there's they no, closed. Yeah. The yeah most, man. I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. They, yeah. They've, they've closed a lot of different things for a lot of the students and they're trying to, to find ways to open it. And that's the hard part that like, I feel like a lot of, uh, just general people in the fleet don't understand um, that are affected by this. Is it's like you're taking away my ability to go do all these things, or the rules change. You know, like hey, this the gym's open now. It's closed now. It's open right. again now. It's closed, but only for these hours. Or mm-hmm. and it's like the problem isn't that we're all clueless. It's like you know they, there wasn't exactly like a bunch of lessons learned written down from the Spanish flu in 1918. <laughs> yeah, so, right. We're all exactly. trying to figure this out again and yeah. try to find a way to like be smart about it, but allow people to live their lives because it's easy for me to to say the same thing. Like I can go home, I can sit in my garage, I can do whatever, but like not everybody has that ability. And I can't just say, you know, suck it up and don't be depressed while you play PlayStation for well, 14 hours a day yeah, for a month and a half. Tell your, tell your duty story too. I'm about to get you fired up. Right, Cause Ugh. like we had an, ex- Bob had an experience that he relayed to me already about standing base cdo at, during this but go ahead so man. so it was uh, I, i'm not as worked up anymore because things have changed it was <laughs> i found a flu i found a flaw in the system and it's been corrected and it wasn't like anybody's fault necessarily but what bugged me is was just the general principle like the mindset wasn't where it should be right so yeah. uh long story short right we have uh people that are quarantined out of, that came from out of the area, whatever the case is. Right. I think that's a general policy for most everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. So we have those guys or girls or whatever that are, that are stuck like that. And so part of the, one of the things we have to do is deliver meals. Right. Uh, Cause they can't go to the galley to go get them. So Who's we you as a CDO. No. So that was part of the problem is that the, we was kind of vague. It was just mm-hmm. happen. It was happening, but um, Somebody I got a call. Exactly. So, so I got a call, uh, uh, and hopefully this isn't, uh, again, to preface it in case in some weird way, somebody's listening to this and upset that I'm blasting specific information about things. It's, it's been fixed. It was a one-time issue, but anyways, mm-hmm. um, I got a call, uh, right after colors. So it was like right about s- just after 1700 and somebody's like, Hey, uh, we haven't had dinner delivered to these guys yet. Basic I'm like, needs. Or not, sorry, not 1,700, yeah, I mean, ni- 1,900. It was seven. So galley's closed. My military time, anyway. right? Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's it's just after seven o'clock and somebody just doesn't have a meal yet. Uh, well, like 15 people. But the problem is they also can't go get it, right? Because they're yeah. stuck to their room. And well, so, also like, I've only been there for five days, but at that base, it's not like you can just 
like most naval installations where you can just walk outside the gate and there's a McDonald's or whatever, right? So yeah, it's a little bit uh, down the road, but either uh, way, like at this point, they can't have anything delivered either, right? Um, at the I time, think they, I think it, they, they still could, can have things can. delivered. No, no, now the base has shut down all deliveries. Mm. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah, yeah. that's I haven't heard that yet. Silly. Um, so that that you saying that brings me back to another point later. <laughs> Also, that's a surprise yeah. tool. We'll save for oh, later. Yay. Um, <laughs> so everybody likes a surprise tool, right? So one of the things that uh, that was bugging me about it, right, was like, okay, a this is unsat. These dudes should have been fed two hours ago. Um, and part of it was I was unaware of the deal that was struck with the galley prior to that, right? So that was like some information that wasn't fed around, um, and then. So I'm trying to figure it out. I rush down to the galley and I find like the handful of CSs. They're doing like their end of the day quarters talking yeah. about stuff, right? Everything's closed down though. I snuck in the yeah. back door, you know, I had to like literally pull on some uh, like uh, uh, electric door or whatever that like you push yeah. a button to open it and, <laughs> yep, yep. and like the button wasn't doing anything. So I literally just yanked on it till it opened enough for me to squeeze through. Um and I'm like, you know, hey, what can we do? Can we, you know, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. And somebody had already come by to pick up meals. So I'm trying to figure out where those went, but I don't know who to get a hold of. They make me some sandwiches. I go deliver them to these guys that are stuck in their rooms. And as I'm walking out of that building to go, you know, put out the next fire, um, it's eight o'clock and they show up with their meals. Who They picked them up prior to me getting them. And they're like, hey, we're here with all these guys' meals. And I'm like, it's 8 o'clock at night, dude. Like, where? how is this okay? Where have you been? What is happening with this? Like, I'm just super pissed. And everybody's just kind of like, oh, you know, it, yeah. it is what it is. And I'm like, no, this isn't just is what it is. Like, I get it if it was like, hey, we forgot to deliver them a piece of paper. We forgot to do whatever. But like basic, basic needs like food, yeah. shelter right <laughs> it's like well, this would be a good we gave them plenty of shelter but we didn't even we we took away their ability to get their own food and i'm not saying that was wrong right whatever right i'm not a medical professional but so i tend to listen to those who are and they say don't leave your room so they don't leave their room but i if we take away their ability to like get their own food and then we just kind of leave them there and there's no like at the time there was no check to like Hey, did all these people get meals? Did everybody get one? Do they know who to call if they didn't get one? What's the yeah. time limit for when they should yeah. get one? Like all these <clears> basic <throat> things that it, up until then, the few days prior, it had just kind of magically worked itself out, I think yeah. by luck. And I just happened to be the day that it was, you know, again, it was like one meal that just happened to be abnormally late. And there was some other mitigating circumstances with that. And, uh, and it all got hashed out the next day. But at the time I was pissed because I'm like, I'm the one having to go see these people. And they're like, hey, where's where's our food? And I'm standing there like they just checked into the command. And, you know, we basically took them from an airplane and stuck them in a barracks room yeah. and said, stay here for two weeks. We'll call you when you're done. And uh, I think that's an less, interesting I think that's an interesting like conversation about uh like our roles in the military or in the Navy, like as far as if you're in a service related job, right? So uh, what I mean by that is like, if you're in admin or if you're a CS or if you're, you know, if you're a YN, a CS or Foreman. I don't know, like if you're, if you're an OS, you stand watch, you stand six right. on six off, you do your stuff, you know, hopefully nothing happens on your watch, but if it happens 
off your watch, you don't care. You know what I mean? Like, right. it doesn't matter. Like, those are your watch hours. Like, as a BOSA mate on an amphibious warfare ship, like, when they say set one alpha, I don't care if you just got off a six-hour watch. Like, you get your butt up and you go down to that well deck and you launch that craft. Like, that's exactly what you're going to do. You know what I mean? And right. it's been my experience in the surface fleet that, especially with my unique experience of, like, having to do this reversion stuff, like, you know, from chief to LDO back to chief and, like, all this stuff, like mm-hmm. – there's not a lot of people willing to come in on their off time to figure stuff out for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I think, yeah. I think part of this problem wasn't that people were shirking responsibility mm. necessarily, which I think was part of what, what came out of it, um, which made me feel a little bit better is I don't think that it was a lack it's of just people caring. It was, yeah, everything was just so yeah. vague that it was like, I don't even know who to point to, to say, Hey, did this happen or whatever the case is. There was just, it wasn't spelled out so so clearly. It felt like yeah, you were the only one that had the like sense of urgency to fix it too, though. Is that accurate? Yeah, like like that you're I'm, the only one that was like, "What is going on?" and you were fired up about it. Right. Yeah. Like so. That's what I'm. I'm looking around. Like how is how is nobody else concerned about this? But then I realized that nobody else. It was wasn't on anybody's radar really. No. Yeah. You know, except for the people who were waiting for food. And so that's why I'm looking around like. This is like a basic function of our job as leaders, as staff, as chiefs, as whatever, right? Like we're to, supposed to take care of the people beneath us um, and also above us, right? But like priority should be the people beneath you. Yeah. And then so those people below me don't have food and I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's not me. Like I'm not their chief. I'm not any. I'm just a guy on it's duty. It's a good damn day, thing right? you were CDO that day. Yeah. But I'm looking around like, how is this, you know, well, luckily there were other people that, that got the word, but nobody knew what to do about it. Right. And so I'm looking around like, okay, well, I'm close to the galley. I drove down there to figure something out, but my follow on, like if they weren't going to be able to do it, I'd already talked to the CDO. Cause I was the OD, the, I guess like oh, the okay. number two, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm the, the cobs or the CMC's representative. The CDO yeah, yeah. is like the XOCO's representative. Right. But anyways, um, so I'd called him and I said, Hey, look, I'm, I'm driving down there right now, but if they're not there, I can't get anything from them. Like, I'm just going to go pick up pizzas and bring them back and we'll figure out like, if I get paid back, I get paid back. If not, it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. Right. We'll all get our stimulus checks or something. And that'll, <laughs> we'll call it even. Right. But yeah, right. like, I'm not, I'm not stressed about like, obviously I'm not excited to a, I'm stuck on duty and doesn't matter what rank you're you are like everybody nobody is excited to be stuck on duty um and on top of that i'm also not excited that i'm gonna go spend like 150 or 200 dollars or whatever on pizzas for people you know but, what though like you know what that i'm gonna reminds make sure they of, get fed <laughs> you know what that reminds me of though is like when when you do the right thing and this is a good uh, maybe like highlighter point on that is like if you do the right thing i think you get rewarded regardless like you can call it karma you can call it you know, the law of attraction or whatever that is. Like if you just do the right thing, like you did and going and buying pizzas, not worrying about if you got paid back and surely you will. And you know that you probably will, but you just did the right thing anyway. Like the universe conspires to help you out regardless. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's going to come back to you. Even if that just means a sailor working overtime for you (laughs) or like, you know, making sure that he, he or she put extra effort into a project that you needed them to do. Like just do the right thing. Cause it's, it's going to pay you back and worrying about, that immediate payback is that's like a it's been a failure in my life personally you know like i think yeah that that's that's remarkable that you did that and 
I think that's a good lesson for any listeners. Like, yeah, man, it's going to come back to you. Just do the right thing anyway. Well, I, I almost would have been happier or felt slightly better if I went and got pizzas instead, because instead yeah. I'm showing up with, you know, it's like it's leftovers. And I understand, you know, obviously. Yeah, here's uh, your cornbread. You, and- yeah, yeah you'll, you'll understand <laughs> yeah. more about like galley policies and what you do with leftovers and all that. Right. But I like biscuits you know, and mustard. Show up, mm-hmm. if show up all, yeah, if you show up like <laughs> outside of normal meal times. Yeah, it was it's, all thrown they don't away. Just man. Have that like, food was gone. Yeah, yeah, they don't just have yeah. like a you know full Thanksgiving spread laying out waiting for yeah. somebody to come pick it up. So you know, and I I wasn't mad at them for for getting me what they did, you know, because I get it. Like they they only have access to certain things. Everybody's got their own policies and their own like you can't just go rip a you know massive T bone off the off the shelf and call it good and like. But like, also at I the end of the day, like honestly, if a sailor misses a meal calorically, they're going to be okay. It was more the the message that you were sending to them that we care, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, and a, a sailor's yeah. not going to remember necessarily where he got that, you know, where he got that pizza or where that meal came from, but he's definitely, he or she is definitely going to remember that they didn't get a meal yeah, like, during all yeah. of this. And, that's, like, and that's what got me was and that it somebody wasn't... cared enough to ensure that even if I didn't eat it, it was provided. You know, well, like, so that's, that's, that's a mix on it though. Right. It's because being the face of me showing up with like, yeah, cold cut sandwiches right like i'm showing up like hey guys i got your food like and they're they're looking at it like cool it's three hours late yeah and it's it's garbage and and it's a garbage sandwich (laughs) yeah sweaty meats how how excited can they be about that right like i was actually thinking in my head like and i don't know what i would have done unless i was there but i feel like i almost would have been like I, I can tell I, I can tell you what I would have done. I would have melted those cooks' faces off, reopened the galley. All the CSs would have hated me, but the cooks would have cooked food and given them a real meal. But I yeah. like to in your shoes, like I being being in that position as OD, like I might have just went like, what can you do? And then when I got that garbage answer, I'd have been like, just just never mind. Just go home. It's a it, it's almost a better answer for me. And this is like probably right. a flaw for me too, but like well, it is your My, specialty. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of an idiot. I would have like just been like, you know what? I can send the cooks home and not ruin their night. And I can bring these guys food they'll actually want. And oh, by the way, at the end of this, all of these kids are going to remember that even though this thing happened, Chief saved the day by bringing a bunch of pizza. Like <laughs> that's not what else, honestly, like that. I said, that's looking at it hindsight. I, I kind of wish that I had that mindset. Yeah. But at the time, it was like casualty control. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I need I'm food now. They gave me food. Okay, let's deliver it's food. Done, you, know what, yeah. you know what else? Is, you, maybe, maybe a question I could tee up for you guys. You know, I know for me, even as a younger sailor, like 9-11 went down. We launched. I mean, I don't want to like over-exaggerate, but we launched probably the largest amphibious assault since Didi. I mean, we were at one alpha putting LCACs and LCUs ashore for like, until everything was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I missed meals. And you know what? I did not care. Didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I did well, you, not you care. had something. I knew we were doing it I for knew a we reason. were killing right. terrorists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if you're at, if, if you're at 9-11 on deployment for 150 days and you miss a meal or you sleep in a wing wall. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but basically yeah. like just sleeping on non-skid, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh um, yeah. Or a pilot chains. Sure. Didn't <laughs> yeah. care. We were happy to get 15 minute nap. And I'm not like one of these guys that's like back in my day, I'm not saying that yeah. I'm saying if, if you believe in the purpose of what you're doing, if you missed a meal or if you missed a yeah. workout or if you missed yeah, a haircut can, or a, 
try convincing everybody that that them quarantining themselves so they don't <laughs> potentially spread something that they probably yeah. don't have is like on the same level as launching an assault for 9-11. Like, well, I think what I was exactly trying to get at, this was the question I was going to ask, but what I was trying to maybe convince myself the thought was like, in this situation, a meal is super important because it's that warm thing to give someone that has no warmth in their life at all. They have no purpose right now. Like they're completely in entropy, right? Like their job is to not be with anything or do anything. (laughs) Yeah. So they're they're stuck and they have no way to fix themselves. Exactly. That's what killed me about it was that, was that they couldn't do anything about it. And we more or less said, Hey, you stay here. I know this is this is a bad situation for you, but yeah. we'll take care of it, right? We got it. And then we, we didn't got it. Got it. <laughs> we didn't we get don't it. Got it. We didn't get <laughs> it. Know? We didn't got it. I guess what I'm saying part- is like right now, a meal is more important than it is when you have purpose because there's so much entropy right for now sure. that you don't know. Yeah. Like we are literally, I mean, everything is leading to disorder, chaos, and it's our jobs as chiefs to ensure that it's not going into entropy, right? So, But I mean, also is, with that though, it's like- important. I I want I just I kind of also wanted to make sure that every like I was frustrated also because I became that face of here's your garbage sandwich three hours late oh, you know yeah. and so yeah. it it wasn't me like they're not going to remember exactly which dude I'll challenge you on that like let that right? go no, nobody nobody's <laughs> like, going to remember that it was me and I don't mean it as a personal yeah, thing right, right? Yeah. I mean it as like they're going to look at it and say like well this is what the Chiefs brought me was some yeah. hot garbage mm. sandwich three hours that's late. why I would have spent two hundred bucks on pizza because I yeah, would, that's and, a different that's a different take yeah I get what I'm hypersensitive yeah. to that perception mm-hmm. all the time so like if I'm in the position to carry that rock like I'm going to do whatever is going to like reflect on us the best not just like i'm trying to buy loyalty or something but like like no this is i'm not just going to take care of this like i'm going to do exactly what's right and take care of you the best that i possibly right. can even though i'm getting the, the like the short end of it but at the same time like i guarantee if i walked into my mess afterwards said hey this happened on my duty day uh make a motion for reimbursing me and i, I guarantee i'd get that money back Right. Yeah. I mean, which is which is why none of that was a concern for any of the I, I, I think the same thing. I think most every mess would agree. Yeah. I'm sure there'd be a couple of grumbles of why didn't you think about this eh, weird whatever. mystical situation. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. overall, I have a feeling that it would have been fine. But but what got me was like that especially so early in their careers like that's Yeah. That you know, impression. Like yeah. All of these small impressions lead up to something. Yep. Right. So it's the same thing when they only see chiefs for us like most of their interactions they either don't exist or it's either like a handshake at graduation yeah. or it's because they got in trouble and they're getting yelled at right yeah. so that already mm-hmm. leads to that bad impression of like I'm, going yeah, to the I'm chief's quarters you, and, and I, the interactions so yeah. when i show up with like a bad situation regardless of it me trying to save the day or it's a has anything to do with me just yeah. being that face on it as a chief was frustrating to me because it's like cool now this is what they're all going to see and this is like their first impression of sub school or well but yeah. whatever you, you the had case. the ability to explain that to them right i mean it, it, it it's not something that would have mattered or, or it's not that it wouldn't mm. have mattered but it just wasn't the time or place i don't think it would have mattered mm. they don't recognize they, that yeah. you know you've got to you got to put in you had to put in so much effort and so much work to mm-hmm. um to, to make bit. that happen but they all they see is kind of that that face value thing chief showed up, you know, three hours late with sweaty meat, with garbage and, food. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But, um, yeah. you know, what, what I think that, what I think, you know, we kind of understand is like all the kind of the logistical nightmare that that was that you had to kind of go through mm-hmm. just to make that happen. Um, but it's, it's really, 
um, the sailors don't need to know about all that work. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it sucks that it sucks that the meal was late and they were stuck and they can't fend for themselves because we've told them not to. But you know, at the end of the day, they got a meal and like like I was, I I, I really right. I'm convinced like if if they would have remembered they they're not going to remember you showing up three hours late no. with sweaty meat. Uh, in a couple years, they're going to remember, but they will absolutely remember that time back in sub school where they couldn't leave the barracks they because didn't of the quarantine, and, and they didn't yeah. eat. They didn't eat dinner a couple nights because nobody gave a shit, and, or I'm sorry, nobody cared enough to go and uh, to <laughs> yeah. go and bring them that food. Sorry, <laughs> you're good, man. You're good. Here we go. D guts um, after dark. That's all. Yeah, good. I'll bleep it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that- you know, I, I think you, I think you did the right thing. You know, pizza is great. It's lipstick on a, you know, it's lipstick on a pig or spray painting a turd. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really cool thing, but it's still three hours late and somebody's going to complain about it being, you know, it's probably Domino's because, you know, the pizza place here on base is oh, shut whatever. down now too, you know? Well, so, so here's the, <laughs> here's the other part that the, the only other part that got me was the next day. We were kind of explaining it to uh, some some staff that we had, some of the instructors, and so all of the people that I was that that I immediately dealt with, or at least for getting their food, um, they were all on restriction, not just mm. like the rommed, re, you know, restricted movement. Um, mm. They were like actually like punish, you know, Red on belters. restriction, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. So they're like completely stuck, anyways, right? So I was talking about this, and I said, hey, you know, make sure. Um, just think about what's important with these situations, right? Everything's in flux. Nobody knows what's going on. Things change hourly, minutely, whatever, right? Everything's changing, right? But like, keep the big picture of what's important, right? Like your your job is to take care of these people. So if they need these things, think about what's more important. Like, does he take his kid to this super important medical appointment that he has, but it's at the 43 mile mark because he has to go see a specialist? Or is it more important to just say no you're not allowed to go because that's outside the range. You know what I mean? Like there's ways to do, there's proper ways to handle that. Right. But like, think about the big picture of what's important. Like I got it. Their food is on the way or it wasn't the best or whatever case is. Right. But like more than three hours after the meal, somebody should have been like, Hey, uh, why is it? Why are none of these guys getting fed yet? Right. But what spun me over the top on that one the next day is I'd pretty much melted over on a lot of it. I really just burnt myself out on yelling into the void about it. And, uh, one of the guys is like, well, who cares? Like, they're all in restriction. Oh, like, I knew you were going to oh, say that. Uh, I would yeah. slam that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and like... Uh, I knew yeah. it was coming. <laughs> and, and like, I... What's that guy's I, name and phone number? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, we dealt real. with it, like, immediately. But, Good. Uh, um, but it was it was just that immediate thought of, like, dude, he... Like he is serving his like nowhere is withholding meals part of his yeah. punishment. Yeah. He is a normal I human being. Wrecked, who needs I like, would have wrecked that dude in public. Oh it, my goodness. We we didn't, and I think it was almost because I was I was fried, but it was more of like a I couldn't I was almost in shock that like I know like that's Are you the seriously joke. saying this right yeah, now. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're like, a better I, man than me. <laughs> I get that that's like, you know, like sure somebody's going to make that joke, right? Like most of the navy's going to make that joke. But but there's a difference and I don't know that it was so much of a joke. Yeah, he, I was going to say I don't think it. it I don't think it was a joke. I think it was his actual no. perception of and it's yeah. just yeah. like cuz I I've been having conversations recently and I, some kid commented on Reddit on one of the recent things I did, I can't remember which thread it was, but it was 
He basically said, when are we going to stop as an organization spending so much time on underperformers? Like, when are we just going to stop, like start trimming the fat? That's what he said. Hmm. And, well, I mean, I mean and, and to somebody, to <laughs> at all of us, to, to someone is an underperformer. Right. So, and, and like, sure, I agree with you there, but I, I also wasn't like, the Navy Sailor of the Year, so I underperformed. Somebody, oh, yeah, yeah maybe, somebody, I should, maybe I should get kicked out. <laughs> you know, somebody at some point, it, for whatever reason, all of which are varying, they're not just like it's not. He's basically trying to classify underperformers as like one category of just people that suck. And that's why it's just because they suck. It's not there's not any kind of like nuance to it or underlying issue or exterior pressure on them or whatever. Right. right? There's nothing else contributing except that they're bad humans and we should just get rid of them. I'm like, bro, if we did that, you wouldn't have a Navy. You'd be one section (laughs) like so stop. You can't do you can't look at it like that. And everybody's recoverable. So it's like to us to an extent. Like every single person is recoverable, whether they transition out of the Navy and go do something productive or they stay in and become more productive. But there are some dudes with some wild stories that yeah. of the on their way up and then they progressed and matured and recovered and became, you know, great like chiefs or officers or whatever doing great things. Yeah, I know a guy like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just <laughs> man, uh, you know, that reminds me like. Something I think we forget as, you know, we've been in the, we've been in the Navy for, I mean, how many years you guys got? You all got like 18. 16, 17, 18. Yeah. So like yeah. I'm, I'm almost uh, at nope. 20 or Doc's like a baby. How old are you? Yeah. Uh, 11. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Still uh, you're like, like 13, right? 13. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little over 13. Yeah. Yeah. Bob's still, I mean, you yeah. know, you have enough time in service to understand that we are just a, uh, we are a version of society, right? Like we are not immune just like the the coronavirus, right? Like we're not immune to the coronavirus. We're going to get exactly the same response that society is. We're not immune yeah. to it. You know, yeah. there's going to be people that do drugs. There's going to be people that do sexual abuse. There's going to be a divorce. There's going to be violence. There's going to be all this crazy stuff that happens within the military, within the Navy. And the same things that can happen out in society can happen in the Navy too. And it reminds yeah. me like, as we're talking about like a road to redemption, like I haven't shared this e-story like publicly, but this is a good place to do it. I had an OST that on my first ship, like way back when it really wasn't that big a deal, I guess, uh, like, or apparently it wasn't like, I don't remember it being that big of a deal anyway. Like people would do drugs. It was kind of crazy to me because I, since I joined the military, drugs were like, don't do it. Yeah. You know, I definitely did a right. lot of other crazy stuff, you know what I mean? But drugs were like off limits for sure for me. Uh but there was an OS2, he was like a super nerd, EP sailor, like squared away, like Dungeons and Dragons, like yeah, this yeah. dude did not do drugs. Popped on the urinalysis. He came to that department and worked for me. I was a BM2, he was an OS2 and then they dropped him down to like semen recruit. And he ended up working for me and I treated that guy like garbage. I was like I mean, literally, I treated him like trash. I'm not proud of it. I'm not bragging about it. I'm telling you, like, as a lesson, you know what I mean? For the listener, like, this is a lesson. Treated the dude like trash. I was like, you're a druggie. You're a drug user. You know, like, you were – and apparently there were, like, other people doing drugs on the ship or whatever. Anyway, he took a lie detector test and then took another urinalysis. Like, three days later, he got NCIS involved. And the point is he got everything – you know, overturned, reinstated, expunged, oh, wow. all that stuff, uh-huh. got all his back pay, made his rank, was able to take the exam the next time. 
I had to go up and shake that dude's hand and give him I a stern gonna, yeah. apology because that was one of the greatest lessons I ever learned in leadership was like, oh my God, I treated this dude like trash without even knowing the full story, you know, without doing right. any research or homework or even talking to the guy. I was just like, yep, you went to MAST, you work for me now, go needle gun that fan room. But here's the thing too, man, like I would say like, so you say like without doing any research or like without knowing the story or whatever, but like I would contend and I'm sure you feel the same way just based on my conversations with you now. But like Mm -hmm. even back then, like even if it was true, man, like even if this dude was snorting coke off the counter at a bar, it's like he's still a human. He's still a sailor like and Doc knows the kid I'm about to talk about personally, but we had a sailor that got caught doing coke right he went home on leave Mm -hmm. i I was the pio for i've talked about it before but uh he was blackout drunk thought he said no a bunch of times didn't even know the people and then when he he blacked out came back from leave popped on your analysis great kid all the way up to that point right like Mm -hmm. and i'm talking like great kid nicest kid in the world wouldn't step on an ant you would never picture that guy doing that like ever Mm -hmm. in your life you're like that guy is that i'm pretty sure that guy has you know never left his mom and dad's house until he you know left the boot camp you know yeah wow yeah like the nicest kid ever uh probably just sheltered and like didn't well, you could didn't take him live home much to meet life your parents. Just, like you, yeah your your mom and dad awesome would love him and uh yeah man and so like when i was this pio like i could everybody was destroying him i was standing in meetings they're like we want to take his fish away we want to do this you're a disgrace blah 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 i was at his mast um and i'm just like like what is happening and so at the end of this thing I, after everything was done he get what it's called tab alpha uh, here i don't know if they call it the same thing everywhere but they took him off the boat put him at like squadron and he was getting processed out, blah, blah, blah. So he's just waiting. What's like on the, Alpha? What, what is it's, that? He, it's just like it's, a temporarily assigned it's administrative to somewhere transfer. Else. And yeah. You're, you basically like go BFC. to Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The yeah. ISIC excess. Okay. You know? Yeah. So okay. he was, uh, he was just like dorking around waiting for all the paperwork and legal stuff to happen. And then he was getting separated. I ran into him at the galley one day and I was just like, Hey man, how you doing? Like, and just talking to him. And I'm like, Hey, I want you to understand that if you need anything, if you got questions about this process, like come find me, like come by the office. Don't think you can't come by. And if somebody says you can't be in the office, I will go to war. Like I don't care. Uh, whoever has that issue will just get lit on fire. Cause I had a couple other conversations like that where we had a, a female junior officer that that did something she wasn't supposed to do with an enlisted guy. And it's like, same thing. She came by the office because she was still friends with people like and, and it was still an investigation at that point. Uh, it ended up getting substantiated and then overturned. And there's all this craziness. So I don't even know what happened. I don't care either, though, because it's like yeah. she's still a sailor. She's still an officer in uniform. She's still wearing submarine dolphins like okay, maybe she made a mistake, like a human being in close quarters with another human being that lives at work and doesn't have like any exposure to any other people made like right. made like got involved in a, a romantically with a person. It's like it happens. It's not like it's not that weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, she wasn't supposed to do it. I understand accountability happens, but like she's not a leper as a result. And that's what I yeah. never understood about that concept is like how we allow ourselves to just like turn on people that were our family five minutes ago just because they violated some rule in our tribe you know what i mean it well just i'll tell you i'll mind. tell you what i think it is is ego 
Yeah, I, I, I think, think a it's lot of ego, his... and I think it's also like you don't want to you don't want to come off or or appear as though you're condoning the behavior, so you try yeah. to distance yourself from the perpetrator or whatever adjective or. Or yeah. You don't want to pee too close there, to the urinal because it might splatter back on you. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, and yeah, I, I mean, think that's funny story that you, that you use that example is, is, uh, when I made chief, um, two of the, well, it was one, one guy, but like he had some amazing lessons for me. Um, uh, but for anybody, like, I don't know, just, he's really well liked, but he's very dry straight to the point. Um, but he's super funny with the way everything comes out. But anyways, uh, his two, his, the only thing he wrote in our charge book was, um, uh, white shoes, white pants, white socks. And then <laughs> his, his lesson that he talked to us now, granted, he was like my department chief. So we talked to him all the time about, you know, millions of things, but so it wasn't like I was going to talk to him as long about stuff there, but, um, that he hadn't already talked to us about, but his, his little lesson that he talked to us about when he was signing it was, uh, now that you wear khaki pants that uh if you stand too close to the urinal that you know it's pee is going to splatter back and it does it now you just wear black pants so you don't see it yeah now that you wear now that you're gonna wear khaki pants you're gonna you're see that and his yeah. lesson was uh what you do is when you go wash your hands afterwards you just splash more water and then you come out and you complain about the pressure in the sink is just ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why and so so I started laughing. And so like ever since then, uh, b- uh, now recently, because everybody keeps, uh, you know, everybody's washing their hands a million times a day and all that stuff, yeah. which is funny because I get the jokes, but it is kind of true. Like they're not telling you to wash them any more than you probably already should have. Right. Uh, you just weren't doing so, it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. people weren't doing it. Right. Yeah. So now yeah. everybody is doing like the the standard hygiene routine that they should have always been doing. But yeah. but anyways, see, like this guy came out and was legitimately complaining about uh, splashing water and I just started laughing and I was like, nah, man, you just peed on yourself, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, he didn't, he didn't get it. Cause I think he like legitimately the sink just splashed. Yeah. On yeah. I used but to have me all the time. I'm like, that's laughing. all I could think of was like, nah, you just peed on himself. Uh, well, it wouldn't happen if you sat down to pee like, uh, like a normal human being, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh I, I think it's important to go back to like the sailor that gets in trouble and like how we give him that road to redemption. Right. And I talk a lot about the road to redemption. I think we miss that. We miss that mark. Um, yeah. I mean, whether whether a sailor is salvageable as a sailor doesn't mean, you know, like, doesn't mean that they're not salvageable as a human being and that you can't, you know, put them out into the world to benefit some way, you know. And that road to redemption, I think we lose that a lot. Um, I don't know that uh, – we do well enough to show people that there are other avenues like, okay, so maybe you lost your security clearance and you're not going to be allowed in mm-hmm. the nuclear reactor spaces anymore or whatever that thing is, right? Like you're not going to be allowed to do this job anymore, but maybe you can still serve. And if you can't still yeah. serve, like maybe you can get your GI bill still yeah. right? and then go to college and do something as a DOD, you know, if you're still wanting to be of service to the military or some way, like there's, there's so many avenues and branches and like little spider web ways that you can like branch off from this. It doesn't mean that, you know, I, I, I fear that we don't do good enough giving people the idea that there's a road to redemption. 
I wish there was a more formal, like a form, some kind of formalized process for like recoverable cases like that, where like this, like the kid we and Doc were just talking about, like that kid, Mm -hmm. I would have took him in a heartbeat if I was presented the option to like, like, okay, maybe you can't do that job anymore, which is like a, a, big deal special access to special things and blah 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 come be come yeah. be one of my cooks like right. and, and that, I, it's happened I, it, but it's, I, it has but i think that i think we kind of tread into some dangerous territory there where um are we going to apply this zero tolerance standard equally across the board or is it just going to be kind of a pick and choose are type we talking thing? about that, drugs or with that particular with that particular standard. Yeah. so that okay. so the zero tolerance policy for drugs while i understand it and while I'm sure there, like you, like uh, Jeff was talking about, there's cases out there where stuff has been overturned based on evidence. It's like yeah. this this circumstance was not the same as something else that happened on the same boat with a whole bunch of people like dealing drugs on purpose. Like it was oh, malicious. Yeah. They were <laughs> yeah, trying to profit from it. Yeah, they were they were going <laughs> out of their way to uh, be sneaky about it and trying to get away with it. This kid like made a stupid immature mistake where he yeah. just happened to be in the vicinity of cocaine that was being offered to him. It's not like think, he went out I, of his way to do it. It wasn't malicious. He wasn't being sneaky about it. So like, I think applying a zero tolerance policy to something that can be very circumstance based and intent matters. It's like, that's something that I think should be considered. Dude, I got to interrupt you there. Cause you just said exactly what I was burning to say for like 30 <laughs> seconds as you were talking, you said intent matters. And I was like, just waiting for you to stop. So I could say those exact words. Like, yeah, man, it's all about intentions, right? So I was sitting a, uh, I won't use any names and I won't name the ship, but when I was commissioned, I was sitting a admin set board for a, uh, yeah. a pretty senior leader. And uh, I was good up until like the story went to like, he was in this fan room with a sailor and he put it, you know, apparently he was trying to console her and, you know, he ended up putting his hand on her knee and it made her uncomfortable. And there was a lot of other stuff that I was like forgiving, right? Like yeah, pictures and text messages and all this inappropriate stuff, which was inappropriate, but the other person yeah. was kind of contributing to it. But then once yeah. he was like in a fan room with a sailor, I don't want to get the platform because it'll give it away. But yeah, the point, the point is at that point I knew what his intent was, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've never counseled a sailor in a fan room and put my hand on their knee. Yeah. Male, female. I've just never done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that's if I'm going to uh, counsel a practice. sailor and make them feel better, I'll do it wherever we are. If we're on a deck plate, we're on a deck plate, but I'm not going to take them or say, Hey, meet me in a fan room. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, like where it's quiet, so, <clears throat> you know, isolated. Yeah. 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 So intentions though. Right. So yeah. That's a hard one, right? So we as leaders, I was just actually rereading uh, the Chiefs Guide that Paul wrote, right? So yeah, uh, one thing I thought that was pretty profound that he wrote is about like as leaders, if if we're really dissecting what we are as leaders, we're influencers, right? Like he he listed out like four different ways that we're leaders, right? Like you're inspirational, you're blah 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 blah, whatever these other things were, but really you're an influencer. And so who's my as leaders? Somebody's huh? mouth breathing. Somebody's mouth breathing really hard on the microphone. It's weird. Knock it off. <laughs> Not me, dude. I got I got my blue uh, yeti. No, and my I know. Pop you were talking. On, yeah. You were talking. So you're good. But one of the yeah. other two was mouth breathing. But uh, so as leaders, like we're influencers, right? And so that's that's really the primary role of a leader is that you are influencing people. Like this podcast is going to influence people, right? It's going to reach whatever the reach is, and it's going to influence people. Like we have to know that, and every sentence we breathe out. 
for the mouth breather. Pun. Like every every <laughs> everything, every breath that you you know, every inspiration that you breathe life into, you're you're putting something out there, and you have to know what that influence is going to be. And then on the reciprocation side of that, you have to know what their intentions are, right? And so if their intentions are pure, if they come into it with pure heart, I I have to agree with you, man. Like I. I don't know that zero tolerance is the way to go with drugs or with DUIs or with uh, anything, man. Like if they had pure intentions, I'm of the mind that there's a road to redemption. It may not be in the capacity that you think it was, right? Like maybe you lose your security clearance. We can't trust you to be a information specialist, but you can probably go chip some paint. Yeah, for real. Like, like, dude, you can come work for me in deck and like release the brake and drop the hook, bro. We can get busy. So it's funny that you say that because uh, so we we get um, sorry, I said a lot. Not not many academic drops. Well, no, when you're just talking about chip and paint and all that, so we get not many academic drops. Like, there's not many people that are just putting in all of the effort to pass all of the school. You know, taking up all the opportunities they have, and just not you know, just not able to grasp and, and, and graduate and go on to the fleet. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's also hard to right? school settings are very different from an operational underway submarine. For sure. Um, so I get that like a lot of them, you're sitting in a classroom learning this stuff and you don't, if you've never, they obviously haven't been on a submarine, so they don't have any context of what they're learning. What's, what's important. What's not. It's just, it's hard to, to get through all that. Right. And so a lot of what, them are just what, trying, I'm can just trying to get Can you define what they're trying to learn uh, without being too specific? I mean, are we teaching you know, like, like you, tactical skills is. or yeah, job specific? Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all, I mean, it's all A schools, right? So mm-hmm. when, when sailors show up here, they go through, um, it's called. I'm just best, saying you're not, basically. you're not teaching them how to be leaders or sailors or you're teaching them like their actual turn the knob job, right? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. still definitely some sailorization in there. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just like basic being a human being, right? Clean your room. This is how you make sure you have a haircut. You make sure your uniform looks good. Yada yada yada. But well, that's the, yeah, that's cross the board, right? Yeah, right, right. But a lot of it is like, you no, know, this yeah, this is how you turn the knobs, push the buttons. Here's how you make things go boom, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So while we're teaching them all that, right? It's it's hard when you're telling people a lot of technical stuff that doesn't without any context right and you try to give them sea stories you try to give them all the all the reasons why what i'm saying is important but without having seen it you don't really understand totally why it's important right so i get that and some of it's just hard for people to grasp right like not every rate is for every person so like i couldn't be a sonar tech uh I mean, A, I have garbage hearing, like I got, the Navy gave me hearing aids when I was 23. So Mm. a job that depends on my hearing is probably not for me. (laughs) Um, But, but regardless, right. So one of the things that we always tell them, like if either, because sometimes it's because of punishment um, or not punishment, but like uh, whatever, like they, they are just not going to cut it and they are not going to get through sub school and they are not going to go to a submarine. So we re-rate them. We don't just like kick them out of the Navy. Um, and they just go become a pack seaman somewhere, most likely in Virginia. Cause that's just a huge port. Right. Um, and so we always say, you know, that's one of those things that comes out of it. It's like, listen, man, you're, you're not just getting out of this stuff. You're just now, rather than sitting in like an air conditioned submarine, on watch you know hanging out with some dude next to you like you're gonna go live with a needle gun in your hand for the next three years and 
like you're still paying off your time and you still have a contract that you are going to fulfill. You are not is that how you say useless. It? Uh, not entirely, but it's like the point is like it's not you are useless. It's that you lost your opportunity to do this thing that you wanted to, that you wanted to do or that you signed up to do, and you are now going to go be a surface sailor chipping paint, right? Because not not knocking surface people, right? It kind of sounds like you're knocking surface people. I, mean, I was sitting here thinking little, to myself, confrontational. Is that it sounds like we're banishing them to a to a lonely desert island where all they well, get to do is break rocks. I'm glad you guys said that. Right. I just wait to jump in a little. Oh bit. yeah, no, no, no. And I totally realize that's how it comes across, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. but that's that's what I was going to say is that that's you know in the sub fleet, and I'm sure like literally every fleet says the same thing, right? That you are like the top ten percent, you know. And so like the joke is like we send all of our dropouts basically to the surface fleet and then the air i'm sure the airedales say the same thing and i'm sure the surface fleet talks about all the work that they have to do and they send people somewhere else so when i was in everybody is the top 10 percent of everything that they do and i I was and i know it's like propaganda but yeah so i I was in a master at arms a school uh back when buzzmates could do uh law enforcement and force protection i I think Mm -hmm. they still have like asf but like we were straight up ma's like we went to ma school we like i I am fully qualified to do an MA's job. Uh, but like guys would get in trouble and that was a really strict school. Like, I don't think I even, I mean, I might've had like a Bud Light or two for the six weeks I was there. Cause I was so <laughs> right. scared straight. Like I showed up there like, you can't drive your car. I'm like, dude, I drove here from San Diego. Like I moved my family here. Like, what do you mean? I can't drive my car. Right. Like, they had all these really weird rules. And, uh, Anyway, got, they had every captain's mask was an open captain's mask, and the CMC was a senior chief. He was a senior enlisted leader, and I remember like sitting as a BM two, like a young BM two, like maybe five years in the Navy, and I'm sitting at an open's captain's mask that we were required to go to, and he's like, "You don't deserve to be a master at arms. You're gonna go back to the fleet as a bosun, mate." Like it was like this weird punishment, and I was like. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love being a boatman. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, that's not a punishment. You just got rewarded. Kind of right. like when I reverted back to chief, everybody's like, that's a promotion. And in fact, it was like, I'm soup, like, I'm chief in heart every damn day. Like, it was. No, like, that's, it, you that's know. what I mean. Like, we, we, it's presented as a punishment, right? But I mm-hmm. am, I've worked around enough well, why, other people that I understand that it is yeah. not. And they're like, you why, said, why do you think it's presented as a punishment, though? Uh, like, I, I think you, it's, I don't think that it's so much that it's they're trying to talk down about the surface fleet and about all these other things. I think mm-hmm. it's more of presenting the idea that like this is a this is not handed to you like really anything in the navy, right? But right. yeah, it's this, like hey, you didn't you didn't like, make the cut and uh now you got to yeah. go do something else. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. It's but not, is it presented as an opportunity to like uh, as a road to redemption kind of cuz like I had a kid uh, when I was on the special boat that, uh, it was like, he came in on a, a special contract to be like, he wanted to do EOD. Um, and something happened during the, I don't know what they do in boot camp, but like his swim buddy didn't do what he was supposed to do is what he told me. Right. And so they both get dropped. And so he got reclassified. Well, of course that's his story, right? Yeah. Right, I mean, right. who, knows, <laughs> who knows? It's not me. It's, it's the other guy. Fault. It was the one our man. That's exactly what I said when I talked (laughs) to him. I was like, are you sure that it wasn't a little bit your fault too? But so it was like, look, man, like I I, I was a career counselor at the time, got in the books and it was just like, this isn't off the table. And it was like, I ended up being the one pushing it more, which is why I think part of it was motivation based. But it was like, I was like, this isn't off the table. If you work really hard and show them that you're going to be the best CS on submarines that there ever was, 
and that you're a perfect candidate for another try at this community, then I think it's after like four years or something like that. You can try again. You can like reapply and, and get screened and go. Um, well, I love what you say is let them tell you no, right? Yeah, man. And it's like I, I, I've had a lot of cases like that where two of my cooks on that same boat, I, uh, what's the word, uh, cross-rated over to CT, different flavors, but CTs, and they're both chiefs now when they would have separated if they had had to stay cooks um, because it's not what they wanted to do initially. And that's fine. And it's like, OK, well, they wouldn't let you do that initially because of whatever reason. So I think like one of them had to retake the ASVAB. The other one, they just didn't. I don't remember what happened, but he ended up a cook on submarines, but he was ridiculously smart. And both of them, it was uh, if you want to stay in the Navy, you can reenlist and re- you're reenlisting with conversion as like a, a contingent contingency thing in your contract. And that's what they did. And um, they got converted and stayed in and are now chiefs when they would have been civilians. And it's like, is it being presented as a road to redemption or are we just saying like, you, I, I you think it, de- up and, it depends I mean? on the the reason for that, right? So yeah, I've definitely fair. seen it in the past where people like they're putting in all the effort, right? And they're just yeah. not cut out for something, right? And so they got they did well enough on an ASVAB and some yep. you know silver tongued recruiter talked Same, them in yeah. at MEPS to go sign up for something. I had a new electrician not, like that that I wanted yeah, to adopt just, and take home with me, and they just <laughs> right. his division was eating his soul all the time, and it was like there's no there's a, not a bigger heart in a single sailor on the submarine than that. Can right there i think like you're talking about you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah it's just like you know it's this just isn't for you and like you're not excited about it you're putting in all the effort and more that we could ever ask but like yeah this just isn't for you which is totally fine and and those are the people that it's like hey listen man we're gonna try to do these things to to you know find you something else that you are qualified for and and put that extra effort into them because they put in the extra effort but then usually what I mean is usually it's when it's presented as like a punishment is like the guys who've been to DRBs multiple times, they've been to mast, yeah. you know, they're, they're set up to like basically go to mast a second time for something crazy and they're just not getting it. Like yeah. their record is, is, you know, an inch and a half thick of just red marks. And you're like, look, dude, you, you just don't get it. And it's like, you don't well, maybe well, yeah. And yeah. it's like, but, it, and but maybe. also that doesn't mean that, that yeah. you may not be, need to be kicked out of the Navy. Right. You I was also just about to go down so, that road. So, so I think you're not going to get think, rewarded with being a real one and you're now going to go chip paint. I don't, I don't want to get too woo on you guys and feel free to bust me up if I do, but it's kind of my tendency to, you know, think bigger picture. Right. So this didn't work out. That's true. What else is true? You know what I mean? Like, okay, this was a failure. What else is true? Like you can pivot and find an opportunity in whatever that hardship adversity is. Like right now, uh, a prime example for any listener, and I don't know when you're going to post this, but you know, be a couple or, of weeks, but yeah, yeah, sure. So, well, we'll still be in the COVID-19 yeah, for quarantine sure. for sure when this comes out. Right. So, you know, right now it sucks. <laughs> you know? yeah. It sucks for everyone globally, like not just in the Navy, not just in the chief's mess, not in the enlisted not in the wardroom, not this sucks globally for everyone. Okay. That's true. What else is true? You know what I mean? Like where can we find a way to pivot and find new opportunity in the things that we are finding hardship in? Right. So, yeah. Okay. So you failed at this thing and you got disqualified from submarine duties. Cool. Good. 
turn that into something positive. Like yeah. find a way to forge that into something. Like guys, I have failed so poorly as being an officer in the Navy. Like I was a good leader. I think I was a good bosun mate for sure, but I failed, man. Like I failed for a lot of years. You know what I mean? Good. I'm a way better human being now because I was allowed to pivot and, you know, I read some books and meditated and my wife, and you know, a lot of good things. <laughs> a lot of things into, happened. I mean, yeah, right. You know I was going to say those, to, those are all yeah. conversations that we have in the right moment. Right. But right. what I'm saying yeah. is like when that's presented, it's like literally like at a DRB or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever the case but is, right. When this yeah. is not a, I'm going to sit here and, and also like, I, I'm not going to like fluff you up and, and tell you all these nice things. Like yeah. the point of this at this moment is I'm yelling at you because I am mad at you. I'm not also going to like in that same sentence be like, but you know what, man, like this will be a great opportunity. Let's sit down and see all the things that we could do for you. Like that. I'm not saying that conversation doesn't happen at all. Um, and honestly, well, let's talk in, in about our, that for a little bit then. Yeah. Let's talk about office, DRBs. Yeah. So hang on, hang on, office, hang on, hang on. Let me, let me, I just want to interject this one thing really quickly is that I feel like that that process happens and it sometimes it needs to and I get that but like I feel like part Which of the process? the DRB thing the accountability yeah. okay. when the sailor mm-hmm. is is violating some kind of of mm-hmm. metric right the the road for redemption or like pivoting or whatever you want to call it right like the opportunity to do that is kind of based on the premise that we understand why they ended up in that situation in the first place. Mm. I think it's really important that we spend the time doing that. And I think that's why we have so many conversations about DRBs being not productive is because Mm. we look at it like it's a moment in time where the appropriate response is to just destroy the sailor for a thing that they did instead of Mm. find out why they ended up there in the first place, which again, it's all circumstantial based on that, that occurrence. Like maybe the kid did something crazy that they knew was wrong and that like the correct response is vitriol. Got it. Like I've been there. I've done it. I'm not above it. I'm not saying that like uh, I'm an eternal optimist in this vein a little bit, but at the same time, like I've definitely destroyed some kids at DRBs. What I'm saying is, is that always, or is it at all the appropriate like response to the occurrence of a sailor having an issue like that, especially if it's recurring and it's early on, it's like, Cause, cause what the way I'm kind of looking at it, big picture is like, we have this population of, of humans that made the really interesting and challenging and kind of, I don't know if responsible is the right word decision to join the armed forces. Right. So they've already done that thing for whatever their reasoning was, whether they have fully understood the, the responsibility that they were accepting or not, they made that decision. So now we've got them here and there's been some, some training at least that they've successfully completed to get them to be where they're standing in front of us as like a school instructors. So we've got that person at that point and something has gone awry for whatever reason, figuring out what that reason is to me is, is step one. And I don't know that we always accomplish that. I feel like we skip a couple steps and we end up at this accountability process where we feel like the appropriate response is destroying that sailor and maybe like flushing them to another community or whatever, however we want to frame it. And then we, it's kind of like, we're like, we're shooting ourselves in the foot over and over again, instead of taking the time to figure out, Hey, why did the sailor end up at this place? Like what happened? And can I address that thing and fix this so that they stay in the community that they're in or, or they go on to another opportunity, which I feel pretty passionately. Most of the time should be framed that way. 
and be really valuable contributors to the Navy and look back at that experience as something like you're just, you're describing where they're like, Hey, this was a, a big turning point for me where I, this happened. I screwed up. The accountability was that like Bob was saying, I don't get to be submarine radio man or whatever, whatever mm. that, that career field was, but they yeah. gave me another opportunity to go serve somewhere else. And now I'm wildly successful as a result. And thank you chief for, for allowing me to do that and for investing me in enough in me enough to figure out what was actually wrong instead of just punishing me for the symptom of a bigger problem. You know what I mean? Cause well, that's all that's the happening. Other thing is, the other thing is like as a mess, right? Like as a chief's mess as a whole, like across the fleet, not just your ship, right? Yeah. What are we really trying to do? Okay. So let's say that sailor is a loss. Like we're flushing them out of the system. They're going to get kicked out of the Navy. They're going to be a gone. Needs to happen sometimes. I, yep, I, it's something that I feel like people, when I get on my soapbox, people think I don't believe that. Like I, no, I, like I know, said, I know like you don't eventually. Navy well, right? Like, yeah, you, I know, you know eventually we're going to get there yeah, that, with some people. That does happen. And that is a reality for, you know, unfortunately for sailors, right? Like that, this just didn't work out. Cool. Yeah. Like we got to break up, buddy. Sorry. Okay. But. We should still spend the time and effort in learning why and figuring out the how sure. and the why so that we can be better leaders going forward and better mess so that we figure out how to like flag these things when they come up later. Yeah. Right. So like, and I almost know- feel like there should be like lessons learned, learned, documented on a lot of these processes, because like, have you ever uh, at the Senior Enlisted Academy, we did a project where we had to read a bunch of cases out of and I, I got to make sure it's the right. I think it's called the Encyclopedia of Ethical Failures. You ever mm. heard of that? No. Okay, you should check it that? out. It's real. It's it's a. I think it's a government document, like a DoD oh, document. I'm write that down. Yeah. So it, and it's got a bunch of really interesting cases, and they're stripped of like all the identifying information, but it it just explains all these. What's the it called? Encyclopedia of Ethical Failures. Okay. And I want to say it's all government related. I might be wrong about that though. It might be a, a government document that. Um, it just had a bunch of cases pulled from like the like industry and the DOD. I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but that was the name of it. No, and it had a bunch of like oh, stripped a, of all the, the jag. It's on is, the jag yeah, website. It should be yeah, and th- and that was that's one of the like it's a training tool that they've been using because ethics has become really big in the last like 10 years um, in DOD. But it's like Good. especially in the supply <laughs> community. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But oh my it's gosh. yeah. I would highly recommend kind of perusing that a little bit. It's a gigantic book, but it's got a lot of really interesting case studies of like this happened and this is what the choices that were made. And these were like the consequences. And I I think they go into like the, how it was adjudicated punishment wise and stuff too. But it gives you a lot of really cool illustrations of like how people failed and, and what we did about it and was, or was it like you get to decide kind of was, or was it not the right way of dealing with it? How can we prevent that from happening in the the future, et cetera. And it's Hmm. like, I feel like that should be like, Uh, some kind of like standardized format for like, Hey, when we're in these situations, like this has to have happened in some flavor before. And what lessons can we pull from that? So that when we get a sailor going down the same road, we can draw on that type of resource to say, Hey, it's just like in government. They say like, I'll reference this case study where, you know, this was, yeah, right. Sure. Roe versus Wade or whatever the thing is. Precedents, these legal precedents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I just feel like, I don't know, man, I feel like that we fail to ask the question, like, how did we get here first and identify those things instead of 
we jump right into the accountability process, like instead of asking that question. And I guess like the part so, you know, that frustrates me. Do you think me that is, that's? Do you think that that's what we should be kind of like gearing DRB towards? Though, yes, like yes. you know, I I mean, like, yeah, I, like, I think the last time I you think, and I talked, we we I was saying, you know, as a junior sailor, the perception is you go to DRB, you get you know, you you basically get destroyed, right. and uh, then you you're definitely going to go and see the captain. But I I, I feel like if we're talking about utilizing DRB as as a leadership tool, which it's supposed to be. That's I feel like that might should be the venue for figuring out how did we get to this and if you so, can yeah, determine it could so be. I would so, say that like where with where we're at it, with our office, uh, it's not we do a lot of like it's not an official DRB, right? Yeah. What, so, what do you guys call it? Again, you guys have a different name for it. We have an yeah, academic yeah, review board in my neck of the woods. Well, no, well, so Bob's that's different. That's if it's else. an academic thing, right? Like, you, yeah, you're not punishing yeah. somebody for for not passing a test or whatever, right? No, no, of course. Um, so those are those are whenever we have those, those are very clear that this is not punitive. This is mm-hmm. not like we're just trying to figure out how to help you pass this test or pass whatever, learn what you got to learn, right? I was just and about to million, say, Bob, like it. I think we we probably have seven steps before getting to a DRB that we as chiefs should be doing. You know what I mean? Like there well, so, there were seven different counseling sessions that we should have had. You know, prior to somebody. Right, right, right. So and and so when I say a lot of these things that happen, right? Those we do have all those steps, and because of that, uh, I feel like by the time it, if if all of those things have been exhausted, and you're still going to end up at a DRB, or it's something that you did was so egregious that it's just you're like the next, you know, do not pass go go to DRB. Well, we all have usually to understand how, that it's almost like a waste of time if somebody gets a DUI to take them to DRB, right? Like at that we point, we don't. We uh, don't. There's a lot of things. Kinda. With, I'm with gonna push I'm back. With, I'm gonna well, I'll oh, just yeah. say that. Yep. I will say that I'll let Bob uh, I I understand the the ideal of how it should be right, and yeah. we still definitely will talk to them about those things okay. about why you and, got and it. That's kind of what we're ex- going with. That is maybe we maybe it should be say how else. we will find out the how and the why. Mm-hmm. But there is no. Uh, it is made very clear that like, listen, there is absolutely nothing I can do to stop that from happening. Yeah, like, exactly. You will go to but, the RB. You will go to Captain's Mass. This is going to come. You, your new job in life is to figure out how this happened, why this happened. You need to figure out like, what, what do you need to change? You know, what, what needs to, how did you get to this point in life? How can we fix that? How can you fix that? What do you need to do? What do you need from us? So on and so forth. Right. Just just give those guys my phone number. Yeah. Right. But to (laughs) say clear, like this is, this is going to happen, right? Like in black and white, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Right. But But what I'm saying is like, so you said, uh, you don't think it needed to go to DRB if it's something like a DUI, right? Did I get that right? Somebody Uh, said that. No, no, I, or did I, I I don't know that Denise, I don't know that it was so I asked the question, uh, because I don't know, like for a DUI, you know, you did it like, so I have, like, here's what happens when you get in trouble in the Navy uh, from a guy that's gotten in trouble in the Navy. You you find people that have gotten in trouble in the Navy. Like somehow, like you form this little like community of people that reach out to you like, hey, have you submitted this package? Do you know about a board of inquiry? Do you know about a DFC? Do you know about how to submit? It's like, dude, I'm, I'm an TPU expert on restriction. <laughs> dude, I'm an expert on packages. Yeah. You know, like, so, you know, I mean. Everything is nuanced. And, the, and one thing I meant to say earlier is like, there's no one case study because a lot of people told me like, it, you you're, you know, this should be exactly what happens. Well, it's not exactly what happened. And everybody said, well, you should be a senior chief eligible for master chief. Well, it's not what happened. Like I'm, I'm a chief getting forced retired and maybe with this new NEV admin, 
<laughs> Who knows, right? Uh, Never had an eighty nine twenty. They might just keep old Jeff Bayless around for a little bit. But um, you know, the, the point is like there's there's no one scenario for anything. But when you get a DUI or when you, yeah, definitely when you get a DUI, like if you did it, you did it. If you blew, right, you blew, right. Do you know what I mean? Like you were Which operating I'm with you. an. You were operating a motor vehicle under the influence of alcohol and you blew a breathalyzer and therefore you did it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there's I, no, there's like sexual assault, sexual, even, even a drug, even a urinalysis, you can argue like, well, maybe they mixed up the sample or there was like a different story for that. But I'm, there's and absolutely. I'm not, yeah. I don't disagree with what you're saying. And I, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, that, that they're like, think, there's I a challenge catch- of guilt or anything. What I'm saying is that. And maybe maybe it needs to be something else, but I, there's a lot. That's and, what I'm saying. It should be a different flavor. And maybe yeah. maybe it does mm-hmm. need to be that. But I think that like there that conversation still needs to happen. And I honestly think disciplinary review board is probably the correct title for somebody that did. It's clear as day that they did the DUI thing, and that's mm-hmm. that's them. And there's no way around but that. Then, there's a but then there's what's a the function. Point? That because there's a lot of goodness that can happen if it's done correctly to find well, out how did they get there in the first place and so what can we do to prevent counter- them from from being back there. Well, I don't disagree with you. I will say that the counter to it that I think is happening that's not being spoken about, or at least what I've seen where I'm at, what does happen mm-hmm. that that isn't brought up, is that all of those things happen, but not necessarily before the 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 captain's mast or whatever, right? Yes. If a guy gets a DUI, we know that you are, you will go to captain's mast. This right. is going mm-hmm. to happen. These things, you will have a red belt on and you will be in restriction by the right. end of the week or whatever the case is, right? What are that timeline? I mm-hmm. can't stop that. Right. But yep. that doesn't mean that once you go there, that you're, I'm no longer responsible for so taking then, care of you, right? So yeah, while they're okay. in restriction and they're still going to class, they're still doing all these things, right? We still have a school students, like when you go to restriction, you don't just sit in a room for, the, for 45 days. You right. still go to class. You still, unless you're dropped from training, you're still going to go do all these things. And so you're still going to continue with training. And so while they're there, we will definitely bring those people in and talk to them separately and say, hey, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. are you improving? What have you learned? What is going on? And what so is maybe different? that's yada, what yada, I'm yada. talking about is like the so doing that it follow through does after, happen. Yeah. Maybe it's it just doesn't through. necessarily yeah. happen okay. prior to. I just don't. I'm I think with you. It doesn't. To, yeah, I don't think I don't, that we need to call it or categorize it as a disciplinary review board when somebody has like a push button, yeah. they're going to mass thing, right? So and let I them can, go to mass. So like for me, everybody thought I got away with it. They yeah. were like, oh, Lieutenant Bayless didn't get in trouble at all. Like, look at him. He's still Lieutenant. Like, he's still standing yeah. OD on the aircraft carrier on the Persian Gulf. Like, look at him. Yeah, no way, dude. <laughs> I, 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 got it. I got it worse than probably, well... Let me not say that because people are like, oh, I hear this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I got w- what happened for me was supposed to happen for me. You know what I mean? Not to me. It happened for me. And it was I definitely did it. You know what I mean? Like and I deserved everything that came to me. In fact, I'm very grateful because I'm a way better human being because of it. But if we're not like doing the steps to at least take him to mass, then the community, the tribe will not think that. Or, or maybe we'll make the assumption that it's acceptable behavior, which is not. Yeah, and I think it's... You know what I mean? I, I think that I get it, your point, you guys' point now, and I agree that it could totally happen after the fact because... Right. Of, because the it, the punishment and accountability are inevitable it's for a so case automatic. like that. So, yeah, it's, it's as long... But I guess what I'm saying is so that we don't end up in a place that where we're doing what we were talking about earlier, where we're like... 
talking to that OS2 like we did, that he's such a piece of crap and they're not getting taken care of and we're not trying to get to the bottom of what actually happened, which it sounds like that got adjudicated anyway. But there's plenty of cases where these sailors are treated like trash. And so is the follow up always happening? Is it a formalized thing? Is it as productive as it should be? Or is it just refer them to SARP and evaluate them for dependence and then move on with life? You know well, there's, I mean? there's, there's two lenses. Do, there's yeah. two lenses to look at this through, right? So the first lens is the individual. So we care about the individual, right? So I don't feel like in my experience, there were a lot of people that really cared about the individual. They cared about, you know, the process. And I think that as, as leaders, we should, always care about the individual, but also about the tribe and the community and the, and what message we're sending to the greater, you know, like you guys are at a large school, right? So, you know, if you're not keeping that standard, you know, if everything's an individual case, right, which actually everything is an individual case, but if, yeah. if across the board, people don't really know what the standard is because it's all nuanced and everything's a different scenario for this different person, or it's a case by case for everything. I think that's a so, rocky shoal. Yeah, I think that's a rocky shoal. Yeah, I mean, I, yes and no. Yeah, I, I think I that would. I'm on the other side of that. Where transparency I think solves a lot of that. I think exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's where I was getting. But, at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think, like, as as leaders, right? Like, as a chief, there is some sort of uh, uh, responsibility that is delegated down where you're theoretically i have uh, uh enough judgment to decide what's right or wrong right um and where something should go again all that's theoretical and i'm sure there's like people falling over rolling their eyes so hard but um but the <laughs> I idea just raised an eyebrow like, i didn't <laughs> right but, I just but, raised but the idea eyebrow, right is all. that i should be able to see a situation and go does this really do i feel like this situation this sailor this whatever happened do I feel like this needs to go all the way up or is this something I can handle on my level? Right. Right. And so we have a lot of things like, so this week alone we've had, I guess it was only two sailors this week that we had to talk to. So they came into our office and there's four chiefs that work. Well, three chiefs and a senior chief, whatever they're all chiefs. Right. So, uh, there's four of us in our office and there's like one floater from down the hall who teaches something else, but he's always in our office anyways. So we bring the sailor in and, his punishment or not his punishment, but he had gotten in trouble for something. Right. And while we're talking to him about it, it's like finding out why what's going on. And a lot of it is like, that's not necessarily a DR a DRB or whatever, pick an acronym. It's literally, he just came in to talk to the chiefs. Right. And we're mm. kind of sizing up the situation to figure out, is this kid like, does he need to get punished? Did he screw something? Like, What's the severity of this? How did this happen? What's the case, right? So we will talk to him and figure that out. And then we'll kind of sit on it and talk to each other once he leaves and say what we think should happen. Or does it meet a, you know, if if this criteria, if this box is checked, do not pass go, do these things, right? Yeah. Because in those well, situations, there's nothing wires. we can do about yeah, it. Of course. Yeah. But if it doesn't meet a tripwire, right, it should be within our purview to be able to say, I, I don't think it's worth going all the way up, right? And it's not going to be listed as a DRB officially, right? Yes, he sat there and talked to four yeah. or five chiefs, but our job wasn't to hem him up on it and to document all these things. It was to talk to him and figure out what's going on. So like, for example, we have one who was, it was a fairly severe issue without going too far into it. Not not like insane, but um, 
it was it was an issue for sure. And so and we basically said like, hey, you need to think about these things through the weekend. Come back. And he's meeting up with us on on Monday mm-hmm. to sit down and talk to us about like what he's changing on on his life. Like, why yeah. is he perpetually well, late? This all goes back, why all goes back to intentions, whatever? right? I mean, basically what you're saying, you're, you're going back to understanding someone's intentions. You know what I mean? So right. like, I've definitely gone out on a limb for a sailor that had a masterable offense that nobody knew about, but I knew that it, they had good intentions yeah. and that, you know, it was gonna, the ship was going to ride itself uh, with my careful guidance, right? Like in my belief in their ability to do that. Um, well, because when you follow the rules, right, there's a lot of things that are technically masterable with zero input, right? A thousand percent. But, That's why chiefs but, are in the Navy, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? So in those situations, yeah. if you just forwarded everything up that met the wickets and said, yep, it's masterable, I'm not nope. even going to bother, right? Yeah. You're going to get yelled at as the yeah. chief for not putting that effort into, like, do you really think that this was the best you could do to to fix this? Does it really have to come to me? Like, I get it on paper. It's a masterable offense. But is it, Yeah. like, you're, you're abdicating all responsibility of your job of fixing a situation if you're just going to pass it along to somebody else? Yeah, I mean, so I'll just we, ask the question had, to the group, right? So have you guys dismissed at least more than once well, not dismissed, but have you uh, corrected something at your level that probably should have gone to mast? Yes. A hundred percent. hundred percent. More than once. Multiple times. Yeah, yeah. More than once. Right. There's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff that as long as I had control uh, over it and I felt yeah. like I, I, if I had any question in my mind that I was able to correct it on like just by interacting with that sailor and with my counseling and oversight, I would have elevated it to a higher level. And I, I did learn to um, kind of trust my CMC or Cobb a little bit and just say, like, let me go have an offline conversation and just like, hey, theoretically, uh, the Sailor A did this and this happened and this is what I plan on doing about it. How do you feel about that? Well, so, uh, so that's that a two way street, is- though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You finish your question and then I'll, I'll go with that. Well, second part of the question would be like, where did you learn that? And did that happen for you? Cause that's where I learned it. Right. Like I showed up, Yeah, I, I'll tell like a very quick C story and this is probably where I learned it. And I don't think he'd be uh, embarrassed for me sharing my senior chief, Brian Ricks. I came back to the boat. He was a section leader. Uh, me and a few buddies, we were like underage drinking on base. We had like a 12 pack of beer. We got in a fight and we got drugged back to the ship, like underage drinking. Oh, nice. And uh, he was our section leader. And he was like, hey, go hit your rack. Uh, you know, it might have been – it wasn't that late. I mean, because we got in a fight pretty early. <laughs> Luckily for him, I guess. You know, it was like 11 o'clock at night or whatever. And so, like, the next morning I was in a, a man lift painting the side of the ship. It wasn't even my duty day. But, you know, I, I had to felt paint the like side I of the ship. like I should go out on liberty or something. <laughs> like, I'm going to go Well, he didn't restrict me, but he said, like, you're going to paint the ship tomorrow. And, like, that's your oh, okay. deal. You know what I mean? So – and he didn't tell anybody, man. Like he didn't tell anybody. And all three of us got in that JLG. We painted the side of the ship for like 12 hours. And you know what? We, it never happened again. Like we're yeah. like, I don't want to get in that JLG and paint the ship on a Sunday. You know what I mean? So we did. Yeah. You know, so I, I, you know, I'm not saying that's the right way to handle business. But what I'm saying is like, it happened to me that somebody took care of me when they could have made a bigger issue out of something than it needed to be, but I still yeah. felt the pain and knew that it wasn't the right move. Right. And it didn't happen again. So, you know, the two part of question is like, have you ever done it? 
And then yeah, well, that's where what's did so you learn that? And did it happen crazy? You, right? That's what's so crazy to me about things like a zero tolerance policy on on really anything is like because we like there are people out there that will pound the table and say that that's the right the right answer and the right move. But then we have conversations like this and we're like, oh yeah, totally. No, everything's nuanced and intent matters. And it's like, I definitely had people do that for me. Like we, we were moving a nuclear submarine, like we were doing a birth shift one time uh, in Australia and they were like, yeah, just be at the hotel shuttle at 4 a.m. I'm like, at 4 a.m.? Like the bars close at 3.30. Like, well, how do you <laughs> think this movie's going to end? And so yeah. everybody, <laughs> everybody was trashed, but we all made I've it seen on that the shuttle. Yeah. Like I left the bar 15 minutes before I got on the shuttle. And so we got on the shuttle yeah. and went back to the boat. I mean, I was in my utilities, like just dr- destroyed. And Chief walks in the galley and looks around and like surveys the scene. And I'm and me being his second class. I'm like the senior guy. I'm like, raise your hand if you're still drunk. And I throw my hand up in the air and hadn't shaven nothing. And he's just like, oh, my God. And he had a couple of dudes put me in the storm and lock me in. And I slept it off and never, never came up again. Um, And so it's like, I, you know, do you think that you there would, may have been some expectation um, kind of around that, though? Like he, he kind of, you know, maybe figured that would might have been the case for one or two of his guys. Well, sure, maybe. But I, I also was and I assume this figure, I, I assume that he figured this into his calculus, even though like, I mean, I don't know if he should have. I, I don't know. But I was very high performing. He he relied on me for a lot. And this is well, the you know what, first you know what time I screwed we, up. You know what <laughs> else is remarkable is that we both mentioned like what would be now considered an alcohol related incident. For right? sure. So, and I oh, think absolutely so, different. So, Navy, but listen, sure. yeah, l- listen, like the Navy, it's in our, our song, right? Like drink to the phone. Yeah. So we have this already embedded in our culture, this drinking culture where that's acceptable. But if you do drugs or if you have sex with somebody that's wearing a different collar device, well, that's not cool, but you can definitely like go drop a 40,000 pound anchor uh, under the influence of alcohol. And like, well, you know, we're just used to that. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, well, it's like, this is in like our culture. These, we've got these programs on, uh, on the type of platform I just came off of. And, um, you know, we, some of the, the, whoever's enrolled in this program, they can't take cough medicine without, you know, having to talk to me about it, but they can drink alcohol, which is by far more um, concerning uh, substance. And like, like you said, it's, you know, um, acceptable culture. Kind of yeah. what, yeah, it's a, it's acceptable culture. And, um, I think yeah. it's wild. Cause there's, there's a lot of, there, there's like, you know, a million, a myriad of reasons as to why, uh, outcomes happen at different commands, different situations, the same situation, different commands are going to be, you know, five different outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. And uh, uh, that was just, that was not a COVID. That was, I'm sitting here, I'm talking. Uh, it was probably, oh my gosh. <laughs> it, was, it was probably COVID. <laughs> so, can I get it through the microphone? Is my probably. headset sanitized? As a medical professional, uh, we don't have no. one of those. It's I've, fine. I've got my checklist. <laughs> I, I use that term checklist. very, very loosely. <laughs> Should I go wake up my wife, the doctor? Yeah, probably. Right. So, yeah, so, anyways, uh, the, the other thing I was going to say is, is I think a lot of that comes with there's a bunch of reasons so there's a couple things i was going to say uh from what you guys have brought up and one of them was like the second sailor that came in that week was uh there's certain trainers that people have to go through 
prior to graduating and transferring to the fleet, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't work out the first time around. There's a trainer issue. There's a whatever. They had a medical appointment that day that trumps it. There's a hundred different reasons why they might not be able to get through a trainer when they were originally supposed to. So it gets rescheduled, whatever the case is. Now on paper, uh, they're not supposed to transfer to the fleet without getting those those wickets met. In, in real life, you guys have all been in long enough to understand that, you know, when there's a will, there's a waiver. There's always a, a way around certain things, right? What I say so, is uh, readiness is a waiver away. Right. <laughs> so, so we, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt and figure out why something didn't happen, right? So we had a sailor who had missed all these situations. Currently, he's on nights, which was a recent shift because of the social distancing thing. We had to shift a bunch of classes to nights. So his sleep schedule is all screwed up. We send him home early for the night because he has to go back and meet this high risk trainer the next morning. And they're required to get a certain amount of sleep and all that. Right. Yeah. So we send him out of class early to go back and we've screwed at this kid's sleep schedule. I don't know how many times over, you know, the last couple of weeks because of all of this nonsense going on. And he just straight oversleeps, doesn't wake up in time to get to his trainer. So he comes in and we're talking to him like, listen, dude, this could be a huge issue you might not transfer when you're supposed to like that's not a decision i get to make but why did this happen you know like you know that this is a huge thing you know we're talking about all that sort of stuff and and it was luckily he was super honest with us because i think that you guys would all agree and most everybody has probably preached it at one point or another but like honesty goes way more than yeah like if you just say like yeah i just screwed up man like yeah. i just whatever mm-hmm. i i can i can work with that right i get it because yeah. everybody's human the navy is run by humans humans are going to make mistakes so telling me that is one thing but completely lying to me about it i can't fix you lying to me because a i don't know why <clears throat> why are you lying to me about it i don't know what the truth is i can't trust you anymore with anything else you're saying at least for a little while like, just tell me that you screwed up and that's fine. Like, take your lumps and move on. I'm not saying you're not going to get in trouble for it, but it will be far less. Um, well, yeah, and that's I mean, a hard that, thing. F- that definitely goes back to intentions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's a hard thing for a lot of people to to understand and trust. And, you know, that takes a big leap of faith to to understand, like, hey, I'm about to tell this guy who's already mad at me that I'm just an idiot and I screwed up. And, you know, and hopefully they don't get more mad at me for that right but and and in the immediate sense you might get yelled at more but the in the long run that could be the end of it is that you just got yelled at more yeah um but anyways so that's all it was right it was this guy just straight overslept part of it we had to take some ownership on we've screwed this guy's sleep schedule 500 times so i can only be so mad about it and b there was some other issues with his roommates and something else going on. Right. So we, we handle all those situations, but when we're talking to the guy, it's like, listen, man, he's like some people. And, and I know that you guys will agree with me on this and most everybody will, but some people are just natural leaders and some people are not. Um, and ooh, this guy uh, even yeah. ooh, ooh, yep. no? <laughs> I literally run a platform I literally ooh. run a platform to teach people to be better leaders ooh. and he's over here like yeah no you'll totally agree no, that I, I don't, I'm not saying that it's not meaningless I don't know I don't my feelings finish your thought and then let's go back to that topic I'm gonna write let's it down all, let's all destroy Bob after this is over no 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 I'll take it this man no. I'll take it. I, but Welcome I will, to the Chiefs mess. Yeah. But no. I, will one, 
I will 100% forever argue that some people have a natural talent for leading. I, I will some agree. People, they have, that some people have a natural, some natural charisma. Like gifts. Have, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. like a charisma type thing. Some people it's are one, just I'll more comfortable that. speaking with other people. Some people, depending on uh, their background before they join the Navy, um, like somebody that's worked in, I don't know, automotive sales prior to joining the Navy is probably going to be able to kind of wheel and deal a little bit better and exactly. kind of navigate people. Now, a I'm not bit saying more. again. So, so before you totally blow up on this, I am not saying that that wait, that wait, means. Bob, Bob, so that's, I've got like 30 minutes on that topic. Finish your other five. He did. Five, he did and then let's come so back to that. That's for not, the record. Nah. He did say it. He's like, I'm not saying, but he did. He did say it. But go ahead. So what I'm saying no, no, is that, that finish your other for, thought though, and then we'll go back to for better or worse. For better or worse, though, right? Like again, when you use the the like the used car salesman, right? You're going to get people to follow you. For better, or for worse, sometimes those people are not necessarily uh, guiding people to the right direction. However, Correct. some people ha- are more charismatic, and that's the actual word that we use when we talk to them. We're like, "Listen, dude, you are a very ca- charismatic person. The people in your class look up to you, regardless of you being in a leadership position or whatever the case is. You have this natural ability that." people are going to listen to and follow what you do, right? So we held him to a slightly different standard of the fact that you are, this is not, uh, like I'm, I'm, we're still upset that you missed this trainer and so on and so forth. Right. But, but it's bigger than yours. Exactly. But it's like, this isn't, I, I'm not upset that you missed this so much. It's that I don't want other people to think that this is okay or whatever the case is, right? Like, I don't want you set an example, whether or not you think you do. People look at you, you are an example for other students, right? Because of the type of person you are, the type, your, your personality, your, your charisma, all that, right? So you are, you have this natural leadership ability, whether or not you want it, this is something that is built into you. Um, now that doesn't mean uh, when I, the reason that I hesitate on that with like, say this podcast is I'm not saying that that means that he's going to make all the right decisions or teach people the right things. Right. Which I feel like the, uh, the idea of this is more to like help guide people in the right direction. But some people have an ability to lead people more than somebody else. Right. You guys have all worked with the chief who's like maybe amazing at his job and may take care of his guys. But if you told him you wanted to talk to him about something in front of a microphone, he'd laugh at you and walk away. Right. Has no desire, no interest. And it's not something that they see if they're just uncomfortable with it, whatever the case is. Some people are better at that than others. Right. But the people that have that natural ability are just natural leaders for better, for worse. People are going to follow them. Whether, whether or not that's good, right? Ideally, you're trying to guide that person in the right direction. But so that was kind of why we talked to him. And it's like, listen, man, I get all of these things. And I'm not mad at this situation as much as it may seem. I'm more mad that this is the example that you are setting for other people. And we are holding you to this standard because you have this natural ability. Like you have to understand there's a different, there's a different standard set to you and and you can argue whether or not that's right or wrong. I I I think I the listener think I think the listener will argue that. I don't think I would. Um I don't think that there's if any I'm, person, if I'm being if I'm being objective about it, I would say that probably a lot of junior sailors will listen to this and say, "Well, why are they held to a different standard?" You know what I, I mean? I think that I I and I totally understand that and I yeah. would argue that there is I'm not disagreeing no way, with you. I'm just yeah, I'm presenting Yeah, no, I idea. got it. Yeah. I I don't think that there is anybody that I'm sure there's somebody, but I don't think that there is a blanket rule that should apply 
top to bottom across the board. I, I'm sure there's some exceptions out there, but with handling certain situations, there's no way that you can look at a certain situation and say, this is 100% exactly what should happen every time, right? Like you guys talked earlier about lessons learned so that you can handle these things and say, last time, this is how we dealt with this or whatever the case is. There's no every person that comes to your door is a different person, right? So if they're getting in trouble or not, or it's you're praising them or whatever the case yeah. is, right? Everything is situational. So you have to use your judgment as to how to handle that situation, right? And you can tell, like you've said it before, it's been said a few times on different episodes, like some people respond to, I'm going to scream at you and that'll get the fire lit and they'll do things. Yeah. Some people respond to you need to sit down and have like the you know you have to be the hugger, you know, right? And like there's some air quotes there that obviously you guys don't see. But uh you got to sit there and talk to them and like and and break through and show them that you're a normal human also and you're not just screaming at them because that's your job or whatever the case. Right? So like I'm you have to you have to work with each person individually, right? So to me it makes sense that the this the the way you handle each situation should also be very situational and not a blanket response. Right. So that's why I say that when you handle something differently per person, it's not that I think that nobody like it's not that I think less of you because you are the one going to DRB when the guy before you didn't go to DRB for the same thing. It's that those those same situations like I feel like maybe you do need to get yelled at by 10 khakis and to for the message to get through and this person doesn't need that for that person for that message to get through. But it, hmm. the point is to get the message through to them to improve that person. The point isn't to to have somebody yell at them. The point is to get the message through so that they improve and move on in life. Right. So I'll, totally I'll tee, up a, up, I'll tee up a question <laughs> for the group. Um, if that's all right. I mean, this isn't my yeah. platform, but, <laughs> You're good, man. uh, you know, so we, we brought up or you brought up, um, uh, not to point a finger, but you brought up the point of like a natural leader, right? And so there's these imposed, uh, assumed leadership titles like I am the chief, I am the ship's bosun, I am the first lieutenant for me or whatever whatever that is right. for you, right? Like you're the, the senior enlisted advisor, you're the – whatever that title is, right? So like for a lot of years, I wore that as my leadership title, right? Not necessarily – honestly, I would like cuss people out if they didn't call me bosun. You know what I mean? Like, if they, I mean, I definitely still at least deserve now. I would like, I wouldn't let a sailor just say, yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right, like right. I, I think I at least deserve yes. You know what I mean? Like, just, just at least give me the courtesy of yes, you know? But anyway, um, so the question would be like, so this is something I've been kind of battling in my own philosophy. Like, from my unique experience, of being commissioned for eight years and being a chief for four years total, or well, I guess it'll be five uh, by the time I retire. If I retire, you're saying there's a chance, Nav Admin. <laughs> there, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> but uh, we we hang on to these titles of chief, right? Senior chief, master chief, uh, lieutenant, captain, right? Commodore. Admiral, we hang on to these titles of like, these are things that we wear on our uniform. And I, I think that gives us a sense of purpose and a sense of uh, service that we should, we should definitely breathe that into ourselves. Like we should inspire our own uh, purpose with those things. But what really makes a good leader? Is it the rank? Is it the title of chief? Should we be so proud to be chiefs that, you know, 
Is that what makes us leaders or can a second class? So here'd be like a really hard question. Can a second class do a lieutenant's job? Can a lieutenant commander do a chief's job? And should they? Right? Like where, where are we? Like right now, I feel like all these lines are blended. I've, yeah, uh, I and, think the- and from my unique experience of coming from the mess back to the wardroom, back to the mess, it's really more apparent to me. Like it's been bolded how blended it is. In reality. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're asking two separate questions. Kind of like, can, mm-hmm. a, can a second class be a better leader than those people? Sure. A hundred percent. But like, mm-hmm. should they do their jobs? I think it could be a little different because there's like, mm. there's a leadership component to being a chief. And then there's like technical institutional expertise components and all these other things that we do. Right. So it's like, should a right. lieutenant commander be doing a chief's job? No, not at all. Um, could they ins- be an inspiring leader like a chief? Absolutely. And so could mm. a second class. And I think that's, it's almost like they're separate questions. You know what I mean? Like where, right. sure. where should they be as blended as they are? No, I don't think so. And I mean, we could go down that. We could go down that rabbit hole. Um, but it's like, and that's I, what I'm saying with that, with that seaman that I'm, that I'm just using an example, right? Like he's a natural leader and you could tell like, he's going to do really well. He will probably be a chief by the time, at least by the time he gets out, assuming he stays in like, he's just like there's certain people that you can see and you go yeah, yep i you, find you get it you are going to do well right i find and that those are sometimes the people that's, that i can it's not tell always they true have like man. it's not always not true. always like i I, not, I think it's, that it's kind of almost i would and i'm just throwing numbers out there but it's almost like 50 50 because there were times where i had that exact same attitude as an a school instructor where i was positive some kids were going to light the world on fire and they got thrown out for drugs or they got in a bunch of trouble or just the wheels fell off the wagon as soon as they got to the operational navy but like i get what you're saying like there are definitely those like type a just natural charismatic type leaders that just seem to get it when they're in the training pipeline but i mean i was really shocked by some people too like i talk about this first class um i think she's going to be getting out soon but she was this mousy, quiet little thing that I, I just unassuming, like didn't assert herself at all. And I had this other kid that was like Captain Freaking America that was that kind of kid that you're describing that was our, our senior class leader at the time. And he was like mm. jumping up and down going like, senior, you need to make this this girl your class leader. Like, sh- this is it. This is the one. And I'm like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Like, it's the last mm. person. If I had to rank them all in order, she was the last person I would have picked. And then I trusted this kid for those reasons you just said. And I'm like, you know what? Let's see what happens. So I picked her. Unfreaking believable. She was incredible, like inspiring leader, real still was soft spoken and unassuming, but she just like just this unquestioned respect from the entire class went on to be a like three and a half year, four year first class. She was a SAR rescue swimmer on her ship. And now she's a SAR swimmer school instructor in Pensacola, Florida as a cook. And I'm just like, it melted my brain. And so I feel like it's, it's like, that's why I like that. I'm like going to go to war over the natural born leader thing. But, and I get that you totally hedged all that and I'm not going to like continue beating the dead horse, but like it's so I I agree with with you that those things contribute to somebody being a good leader. But then at the same time, those same people that you would lay down a paycheck that they're going to be amazing and be a chief someday that they get out to the fleet and just for whatever reason, it could be circumstances beyond their control. But a lot of times it's just like, they're not suited to this. Like this just isn't for them kind of thing. So we're using it for the negative. Right. But I would, I, I would say, look at it the other direction, right? Look at the amount of people that make it to, and, and I'm sure this is, you know, like quasi blasphemy, but I, I guarantee that you guys have all had the same type of person that you've worked for at some point where 
they get to where they are just you know due to a, a war of attrition or whatever the case is mm-hmm. right they check yes. the boxes sure yeah. they've made it to where they are and and you're looking at them and i'm not saying i don't have that problem now by any means so in case for some insane reason somebody is able to peg out who my cmc is i am not at all saying that about the person i have now but in the past i've definitely had people where like this person is your cmc or your cob or your whatever right the senior person but they're not yeah, yeah they're you're, in charge by you're not paper wrong. right you're not but wrong. there's definitely this the, that other person that you go talk to yeah i think i really has that pull i told you, know? you offline like uh and I'll, I gotta be pretty vague when I say this, but, um, there are people out there that know my secret identity. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, I checked in, uh, not all heroes sh- work. Yeah. Kids. Right. I don't know. Uh, I checked in at the job I'm doing now and my CMC, I've known him for a really long time. I don't know. I could name maybe one or two leaders. I respect as much as this dude. Like he's a, he's a, caricature of what a cmc should be like break glass in case of emergency like put this guy on ice in case we need him in world war three kind of like he's he's absolutely incredible and i sat down with him and he really wants me to be a cob um and i but i've always kind of been intimidated by this dude and never felt like it did i felt like it didn't matter what i did i was never going to be good enough he's just i'm not intimidated by many grown men and except for like my dad and maybe one or two other people but for some reason this dude intimidates me and, Dude, uh, you don't need to be intimidated by me. I mean, we're I'm, friends. I'm not I talking know, about I mean, you at all. You know, I'm, I'm really just a big old teddy bear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Doc. Um, so <laughs> the uh, conversation I had at check-in was I, I was basically like we were talking about, am I going to be a cop or not? And that was one of his first questions. And I kind of I'm still I was hemming and hawing. I'm kind of on the fence. And now I got some other stuff going on that I'll tell you guys later. But um, the. uh Ooh. because i was hemming yeah i know i got a secret tool too or whatever bob called it uh surprise tool yeah something like that um you obviously don't have kids i don't i don't know what we're talking about yeah. i just thought it was funny it's, uh, <laughs> uh, i don't know that we can actually say what it is because we'll talk like yeah we'll talk, infringement we'll, t- and, uh, we'll talk about know. it later um but it was he i asked him and i, I was kind of like i don't i basically told him i didn't feel ready uh, and I wasn't I didn't feel prepared enough because of how I thought I like how seriously I take the job and like how how important I think it is. I'm like, that needs to be done really well. And I need to be ready to do it. And I don't feel ready right now. But yeah, like it's like I can I definitely have experience in that vein where it's like I've been told that by high level CMCs. And I'm like, holy crap, really? Like he's like, yeah, like we're well, here, frustrated that I we can't get enough with, people to do it. Here's what I would challenge you with is like, <clears throat> Have you ever done anything? I mean, I go back to Brene Brown's like power of vulnerability where, you know, I think I gave that example on your podcast, but mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're never going to do anything courageous without being vulnerable first. And so that just takes that first step of assuming that, you know, if you're scared or yeah, I don't, I'm not assuming that you're scared of being a cop. I mean, I know that's not the case. You're just taking it seriously. Right. And wanting to yeah. put the right effort into it. However, at a certain level, just do it anyway. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, for sure. You threw That's yourself out here on a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so, like, eh, my public speaking or the podcast or like your podcast or you know just any billet you've ever taken that you were like, eh, I'm not really sure if I'm good enough. Like, dude, I remember when I was driving that aircraft carrier, I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> I just got arrested for driving a motor vehicle under the influence of alcohol, but like, I can definitely drive this aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf. Like. What? Like I just yeah. did it anyway. Like just put yourself out there, and I think 
maybe that's a bad example, but you no, know, I get what you're saying though. Like just do it anyway. That's what I tell a lot of people anyway, man. about yeah, platforms like, like this is like, just do something that's like better than nothing. What, that's yeah. pretty much what you tell everybody. I know. I know. Cheap season, right? <laughs> Not you, oh, but okay. like I thought <laughs> as a whole, right? I mean, I'm sure you've said the uh, same yeah, thing, know, right? I'm but sure. like, but blanket statement, right? Through the chief season, there's plenty of people that are sitting there on final night that are waiting to go through their final acceptance piece that are mm. like, I'm terrified. I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, this, this is, Just it go. finally clicks and you're like, yeah. I don't get this. Like, am I ready to go do the job right now? And I'm going to go be awesome and I'm going to be the best chief on the waterfront. Like, hell nope. no, you're not. Nope. But like, <laughs> and Just do it anyway. Is, you know, yeah. but yeah. you're, you, but this is coming. You're going to do it. Right. And this is preparation for the fact that like you understand the gravity of what's happening and you need to put the effort and the thought into it and, and the seriousness and understand the the weight of the situation and that you're the guy now and, or the girl, you know, I get it. Sorry. Uh, I'm working on this, but, uh, <laughs> but it's your, you, you have to understand that like, we nobody in the world expects you or shouldn't at least realistically to expect you to walk in and be like the super expert day one at those things right mm-hmm. you're going to learn those things on the job there's a million things that you can only learn with OJT right you have to be there and do it you're not you can only learn so much as an o, as a UI with somebody over you to to look at and say hey am i right. doing this right at some point you got to be the only person in the room and push the right buttons and you either do it right or you do it wrong and you learn from it. You know what else so though? This, like something we don't talk thing. about enough. And, and I thought it was like super corny until maybe I was 30 years old or something like that. Like until like maybe 10 years ago or so read a damn book. Like I, I don't think we push this hard enough that there's so much knowledge out there. Like I was just reading Mattis's book, like maybe, I don't know, as soon as it came out, like I was the first guy to buy it. So like even Mattis was like, if you're not reading a hundred books a year or whatever, I can't remember what his number was, but it was like, it was a pretty challenging number. It was like more than one book a month, you know? And he was like, if you're not reading that, you're not a leader straight up. And how many guys or gals do you know that don't look up to, in the military, yeah, don't look yeah, up to yeah, James yeah. Mattis. I mean, pretty much all of us are like, yeah. Mad Dog 2020. Yeah. For faux <laughs> show. You know what I mean? So, like, if, if a guy like, you know, a hardcore Marine is telling you to read a bunch of books and we're just like, you know, no, we got to learn on the job or no, we have. I mean, yeah, you should definitely rub elbows with like a tribe of mentors and you should definitely listen to podcasts and you should definitely – you know, you should definitely listen to this and reach out to us and get feedback from us. And, you know, these people that have been through these experiences and have these nuanced conversations like we're having now, it's all great. Like all of this is good content for you to consume. But if you're not picking up a book, you shut this podcast down right now and go whoa, pick whoa, up a book and read it. Slow down. No, for real. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you easy don't have to a say book when on- it's not your podcast. Yeah, yeah right. I'm joking. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sorry, I forgot it. You'll learn. Mine. You'll yeah. learn far more from a book than you'll ever learn from me. So that's fine. Well, you know what I'm saying. Like you need to have that basic infrastructure of, you know, a foundation of a library that interests you that can help you grow. And yeah, again, I get a little too woo, I guess, or a little too open aperture. But I think we don't talk to sailors enough about the power of like reading things that can breathe life into stuff that you want to do. Right. Like the Navy is something you do. It's not who you are. And so 
if it's about learning how to play the guitar, if it's about being a better husband or about investments or real estate, you can do all that and be the best damn sonar tech in the submarine fleet, you know, but you got to read some books, I think, to get that, that foundation uh, to have some sort of identity in yourself before you can show up to where you're going to work. So here's, here's, or like at least invest in, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, books, I, I I completely agree with you and I, I love to read. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that's not that, you know, for some people that may not be the preferred medium or the preferred, um, uh, source of their knowledge, uh, or new knowledge. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think, I think the principle is sound. You, you should never settle for what you're, you know, what you're, the information that you're being provided, you should always continue to strive and, and learn through whatever means, right? If that's, if that's reading leadership books from some incredibly, uh, incredibly smart people, or that's, you know, like you said, you mentioned guitar less, you know, guitar, maybe you mm-hmm. go and take guitar less because it's kind of hard to, you know, play guitar out of reading a, you know, from reading a book. Sure. But, um, you know, I think that if you are just making a concerted effort to to further your knowledge, to increase your skill set, to um, you know, at, at that you know, to really take a proactive approach at self improvement, um, I, I think that that's you know, I think that that's a necessity to 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 everything. Well, yeah, well I, said. I, yeah, and I think also I follow with. I'll go on. Yeah. So very well said. I, I agree with all that. And, and I think I made this analogy. I can't remember. I, I do so many of these now, <laughs> you know, like I consider it like a, you know, a pillar or like a column on a foundation. Right. So like, you know, the foundation or, you know, even like a, a wheel has spokes, right. Or, you know, however you want to look at it with, without one spoke and true, like the wheels off balance without one pillar, without one column, you know, the foundation falls down, right? So all of these things make up your well-being. And if you're not paying attention to all of them, if you're not balancing all of these plates, you know, and trying to make sure that like everything is in balance, something will come out of balance, you know? So if, yeah. if we're just so focused on Navy, 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 eventually everything else will fail because like you'll end up divorced, fat, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, a lot of things can come out of balance. So I think we need it. We need to ensure that as we're talking to, I mean, just anybody, man, like as I'm talking to my kids or my wife or sailors or you guys, I mean, we need to ensure that we're maintaining some form of balance in what we're consuming and how we're, you know, everything comes through and out of us, right? Like the universe. Sorry guys, I'm getting weird and woo woo, but you're good, man. Everything, <laughs> everything comes, everything comes in and out of you, right? So it comes in you and out of you, like it goes through you. There's no way for it to circumvent you. Maybe that doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to me, right? So there's no way that you know if you're on one pillar, if you're on one spoke, if you're on one thing solely focused, that you're going to maintain balance in your life. It's impossible. It's it's been my experience anyway. Yeah. You know, if, I like if right. you're just, I would, yeah. Good. Oh, no, I was just going to say without, um, 
while I, I I don't disagree at all with the reading the books thing, um, mm-hmm. I but I think that the the larger portion out of that, at least to me, is that is just getting experience from somebody else, right? Like talking to somebody else who is good at what they do at leading Mentors. people, right? Yeah. Right, right. Find a mentor, right? So whether that's uh, reading a book from somebody like, uh, you know, I I don't expect to have Mattis on here for the next guest that I can talk to, right? So the only way- I'll shoot him a text message, dude. I swing big. I don't care. I'll ask him. I will. Hey, I mean- (laughs) Straight up. The same thing I tell every student, right? Is like, until you ask, the answer is always no, right? That's right. So uh, the only way for me to get that advice from Mattis, right? Uh, as an example, would be to read his book, right? Um, and oh, unless awesome. until he shows up next that. week. Yeah. But but there is still like a, you know a million other great leaders that are out there in other sections that may not make it to the Mattis level, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, like you said, like find that good mentor, whoever that may be, find somebody that you look up to that you idolize. That whatever this person is who you want to be, or this person is like so with. Uh, when I made chief, we didn't have, um, they let us pick our sponsors. Right. And I know it's different at every command. Sometimes they assign them. Sometimes you pick one. Um, and they had all the stipulations on who you pick. Right. And the guy that I picked, uh, it was funny because everybody like literally their response was just kind of like, what? Like, why did you pick this guy? And it Mm. wasn't because he was bad at all. It was because he had like, he was just a guy that was at the command that I didn't ever really talk to much. Um, I just didn't have a reason with my job to interact with him very often outside of, you know, small talk at meals or whatever. But he just, he always had that. I looked at him as like, Hey, this is a guy that like people listen to and like people seem to like him. And like, he seems to be doing really well with what he's doing. And like, I don't, I don't have any expectations of what I'm going to get from talking to him because he's not that he's not the, the first person that I think everybody would look at. And so I was like, no, but he seems like he's clearly successful, right? Like he made senior chief before he transferred and like he's he's doing well, right? So I'm like, well, I, I I don't know anything from this person. So if that's if I have to pick somebody that I gotta go, you know, that's my my savior in life for the next six weeks. I want to talk to this person that's obviously successful at what they're doing, and I don't know anything about him. So I don't have, you know, besides the very, very basics. So I literally like picked him because of a very random reason it wasn't because oh i know this guy and he's great and whatever right um and so because of that i think everybody's just kind of like oh okay well i guess you know but he's not a dude that's going to go write a book about his career leadership advice right but he's obviously done something well for himself and for other people and so on and so forth so that was somebody i wanted to get another external look from right uh, like I forced myself into that position to go talk to somebody who has experience, who's good at what they're doing, whatever the case is, right? However you want to spin that, but like they know what they're doing and uh, at least objectively. And so that's who I wanted to get some experience from. And so I get it. Like not everybody has time to read a book and they're laughing at the idea of, you know, I got to read a book a month or multiple books a month or, you know, I, I feel bad. Like, I mean, I read books on deployment, but when I'm in port, I don't, I've got other things I can, you know, my honey do list is huge. I don't have time for all that. I think anybody to the listener right now, speaking to you, I think anybody that's listening to this right now, like kudos to you because you're listening because you are trying to grow. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, straight up, you would not 
you would not be listening to this podcast right now with four Chiefs in four different locations sharing thoughts. We're in a virtual Chiefs mess right now. Like with, with you, an eight bit with an eight bit sailors or uh, anchors away intro. Not to knock <laughs> yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. Calm hey, down. So I I actually like I really, really like that. Right. I, it, it Thanks, Doc. On, and uh and I'm actually, like, All right, like this is yeah. That's right. This is pretty cool. I've never like, heard I, a version I, of English. I'm not going to say I downloaded it as my ringtone, but you know, just I may have downloaded it's it amazing. as my ringtone. You can stop it. But you know what I'm saying? If if you're listening to this right now, like you're already doing that, I, I don't know that I, I guess I didn't mean you need to like crack a bind on a book every week. Uh, I guess no, what I'm I saying is what like, mean, but what seek I'm out saying is some knowledge, like, like seek out some, yeah, be a seeker, man. Like just search it yeah, out. Like it's out there. Exactly. And like this, this right here, if you're doing this, good. This is your book of the month. Like you listen to us yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. leadership for a couple hours. Like good on you, for good or bad. Yeah, Take my you just gotta you gotta keep pushing. <laughs> you gotta keep pushing forward. You gotta keep you know like and and even if you're looking at books or podcasts or you're watching um, some type of uh, YouTube video uh, leadership related, um, regardless of what, like I said, regardless of what the platform is, as long as you're pushing to kind of further your knowledge and kind of, like I said, sure. you know, bolster your skill set. I think you're, I think you're in the right, you're moving in the right Growth. direction. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I think one thing that, um, you know, when, when I was kind of like in my lowest of lows, I was like, okay, well I can, I can make this decision that I'm going to have like post-traumatic stress, right. Or I can have post-traumatic growth. You know what I mean? And that's a decision we all get to make, man. We you, That's the beauty. That's what makes it so hard, but that's what makes it so rewarding is you get to choose whether you're going to be in a stressful environment or you're going to grow from it. Yeah. You know? It's, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned about- that. I, I've, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, um, no, but no. I just, while it's, while it's fresh, um, it's interesting Go. that you mentioned that because um, I had a commanding officer that used to say something to along the along the lines of there's no such thing as good news or bad news it's just news mm-hmm. and um it's what you do with it and i think that kind of is in the same vein as what you were just saying yeah man i mean listen life is adversity the the nature of the work that we do gives you automatic responsibility with that adversity right so you don't get to choose whether you participate in this adversity. Like the Buddha says, life is suffering. You're going to have struggles in the Navy. <laughs> You're going to have struggles just being a human being, period. Yep. So you have choices to make. And that's the beauty is that you get the choice. And then I think, I don't know if this is really necessarily like a hundred percent appropriate for like a Navy audience, but it's definitely <laughs> something that I ascribe to. I don't push it, but you, that belief in a higher power of some sort and just knowing that it's bigger than you is going to carry you a long way. Um, you know, for me, it's Christianity, but I don't push that on people, you know, but whatever that higher power is or just knowing that it's bigger than you, like you're a part of a larger organization, maybe, or you're, you know, a part of a family, you're a part of a tribe, you're a part of a community, whatever that thing is, like just knowing that it's bigger than you. That makes all of that adversity or all that challenge or all that, like you said, news, that makes it a lot, not necessarily easier to handle, but more manageable when you come to these day-to-day decisions that you have to process. Like right now being quarantined without food for three hours. You know what I mean? Like you can process all this stuff knowing that it's bigger than you. You're part of an organization. You're part of a, a service. You're part of 
whatever that is for you. And that, you know, that, that takes a, that takes a mindset and, and a belief uh, that nobody can tell you to do that. You just have to have that in yourself. It has to be innate. Speaking know. of, so speaking of things so being totally, bigger than you, I was going to, I was going to go to you, Bob, about the, the other story that we had queued up. Uh, well, yeah, slash yeah. Experience. So, you can lead into it whenever you want. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, so so uh, off topic of of what you were saying, but um, but you brought something up with the the bringing the guys the meals, right? And we mentioned it before of like, uh, there there's a time and a place for everything, right? So I don't, I didn't necessarily have the time to sit down and explain to sixteen people why their meal was late and this is why mm-hmm. they're what they're getting and yada yada yada, right? And obviously that would have been good to tell them. Yeah. Uh, maybe it would have made a difference. Honestly, I don't especially looking at it now, I don't think that it would have changed anything monumental one way or the other. If I did spend that time to sit down and explain to everybody, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be worth my time to explain that or that they don't deserve an explanation, but I don't think that it would have changed anything. But I think what a lot of people lose is like in the moment, a lot of things come out uh, in any situation of like barking orders at somebody, Hey, I need you to go do this right now. Hey, didn't you do this right now? Right. And I am very much of that. Why do I need to do this? What's the, you know, why am I doing this? What is the reasoning for this order, this tasking, this, whatever, yeah, right? You need buy-in. And I know that, and I know that that gets super annoying, right? Cause I've been on both sides of it, but I also am generally more understanding to it because I'm that person that needs to know why. But it's not why, because I, I'm going to do it either way, right? Okay. You told me to go do it. I'm going to go do it. That's the way this works. But the difference is if I have to make a decision along the way about something, if I understand what the end goal is and why this needs to happen, that helps me make a decision with what's going to happen, right? Like when they told me that when they called me up and said, Hey, these guys don't have meals yet. Right. I could have just called somebody and said, Hey, you need to figure this out. Hey, whatever. Right. But that's not the point. Right. Like as, as a person, I understood this, the bigger picture of like, these people need to eat. These are humans that need food. I will get them food one way or the other. Right. And you, you need guys, that, that. You guys why, use the template right? of like uh commander's intent and mission briefings. Do you guys use that? That's yeah. more of like a Marine Corps deal, I guess that I've been. We talk. With. I, I don't know if it's a, it's a normal thing, but I got, I, I heard the, the commander's intent line every five minutes on my last submarine as a department chief. So I think it's definitely something that we yeah, think about so a like, lot. As yeah. we, well, so when I was at a command where I was in charge of operational planning, mm. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. You can uh, be fake. Yeah, so we just took commander's intent and then we built the plan on that, right? So like for large scale amphibious assaults or rehearsals or drills or whatever that was, like we basically got the commander's intent from the admiral and then we just like built from that, you know what I mean? But so kind of like to your point, you had commander's intent, right? And then you trusted or took it upon yourself to ensure that the way you facilitated commander's intent was met. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and how, how you make the I sausage mean, honestly, is how point, you make the sausage. But right, did you and feed the sailors? That, cool. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. And I think a lot of that comes with experience. Comes with uh, not so much rank, and that's the hard part. Is I feel like there are plenty of you know I have plenty of well not plenty but there are definitely you know people that are junior to me that have been in longer that have more experience than mm-hmm. me, right? Um, and I feel at least I would like to feel that they would have made the same decision or whatever the case is, right? They get it big picture. 
the difference at some point is if I say I had, I had went to go pick up pizzas to, to deliver these, right? Like, am I technically allowed off base? No, you know, whatever, right? There's like, you can let people know there's ways to mitigate all this stuff, right? But but the point is like, am I willing to get yelled at for potentially leaving base to go pick up pizzas to feed somebody because they didn't eat? I am. I, I will. <laughs> right, right, right. I, and I feel like yeah, most anybody in my position, <laughs> yeah, especially whatever. at my rank and, and in that position would have gladly sat there and, and taken that, that chewing and just went, okay, sure thing, man. Won't do it again or whatever, right? Yeah. Or argued back and explained why it was screwed up and they shouldn't have been in that first place, in that position in the first place. But that comes with understanding the big picture though. Right. Which is hard because that's kind of where, uh, like a very weird lead into what we were talking about or what, uh, uh, he was bringing up earlier was, um, one of the other issues that we've had with this is that again, things change constantly. There's a million things that are put out daily, hourly, whatever, right. That need to get filtered down. And so you had mentioned a long time ago of having the, the trust in your CMC to be able to say, Hey, this is what I'm going to go do. Right. But that it's not just you trusting them. It's, it's, I would argue that it's more them trusting you to be able to do the right thing and handle that situation. Right. So you have to build that trust in your leadership that you are capable of handling these things. And they know like, okay, he said he's going to handle the situation, but I believe that he's going to do the right thing when he does handle this. So I don't need to worry about it when he says he's got it. He's got it. And it's that it's that same thing where like I I'm not worried that I'm gonna get yelled at for doing the right thing or the wrong thing or whatever the case is, right? It's it's having that that trust that whatever somebody tells me, I understand what they're telling me, I can believe in it, and then I can go do those things. And but it's also they trust that I'm gonna be able to go do those things, right? So like part of the issues that we've had recently is just that communication flow up and down the chain, right? So forever in the navy right they always tell you pass everything up right don't be the senior guy with a secret um mm, and let somebody else I challenge make that, that too though yeah you know but that's 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 something that everybody's always said right like pass everything up let somebody else make that decision don't hang that on you um mm. because maybe there's something higher up that somebody else can i think that's bad advice man i'm just gonna how so yeah so uh like i'll give you a c story so uh yeah. A quick one. So like preservation is huge right now on the surface fleet here uh, in Norfolk. And uh, my Commodore uh, that he transferred and if this guy doesn't make Admiral, he should. Uh, he is a superb leader. And uh, I took him around to five ships that I had and one of the ships, the, the COXO and CMC didn't come down. Basically, I was doing drive by like a windshield tour of preservation. Right. And so we got back to the office after talking about all the ships and the preservation efforts and all that stuff. I'm like, this is a big deal, guys. Like a two-star Admiral is like sending out P4s on this stuff. Are you guys familiar with P4s? Yeah. Yeah. So Got message traffic man. is coming out. Yeah, about this Bob's stuff, a radio man. This is what he does for a living. <laughs> yeah, man. So like, you know, it's a big deal. You know what I mean? And so like now my Commodore was feeling the pressure and, uh, you know, it was huge, man. I'm like, I'm a chief petty officer at a, a squadron, you know what I mean? That has a few ships. So we got back to the office and the one ship that didn't send anybody out because he told them not to send anybody out. But really, when you tell them not to come out and then they know you're coming, you should still come out, right? Like, don't make a big deal, but we're still going to do ruffles and flourishes kind of deal. Yeah. Um, right. 
So anyway, we got back to the office and he was like, okay, just send an email to the XO and tell him everything we talked about. And I was like, got it, sir. I will definitely do that. You know what I mean? And I didn't, man. I went back to that ship later that afternoon. I grabbed the operations officer and I was like, hey, can we talk? And he's like, yeah, what's up, chief? You know, he's a lieutenant, um, you know, soon to make 04. Uh, and I, I know the XO and CO and, you know, I, I've got a good relationship on that ship and everything. I was like, hey, I just need about 30 minutes of your time. We're going to walk this pier and we're going to look at everything that you need to do to fix this ship to make sure that you don't end up on the naughty list. You know what I mean? Uh, but then you're going to brief your XO exactly what we talked about. And then you're going to be the hero. And, uh, you know, I guess I did keep that secret. You know what I mean? Like I didn't tell the CO or the XO what my 06, you know, my Commodore, my potential Admiral, like told me to, to do, I didn't do it. Like I didn't follow the lawful order. You know what I mean? I, I told the department head, and I made him spend 30 minutes with me walking the ship. And guess what? Like, it got fixed. But you know what happened? I earned the trust of that guy. Like, that guy would take a bullet from me right now. Yeah. So that's where that's where I would say the, the, the point of understanding the why makes a huge difference, right? Mm-hmm. If they had just told you, go tell this person these things, right? You would And you didn't care about why or you didn't understand why, then you would have just gone and done it. And it is what it is, right? You'd be the yeah. jerk or not, whatever. But you understanding the, the point isn't to blast the triad with whatever needs to happen. The point is to get those things fixed, right? Like, yeah, I just don't make, I don't like the, the blanket point. statement of don't keep the secret because sometimes as a leader, it's, it's incumbent upon us to decide what needs to filter up or not. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It is. It and is. Then, and, then, and then, and then, and then like weighing your options, trust- like what's the worst thing that would happen to me if I didn't it like, let's say the Commodore said, well, chief Bayless, you didn't tell the XO, like I told you to, you didn't send that email. Like what's he going to do to me? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, right, but know. so part of that is that he again, where he you are trusting that he's telling you realistically what needs to happen, but also he is trusting that you are going to handle the situation, I, and that's where I would argue that did, did that's he really exactly care right. that he knew that I was going to take care XO? of it. He just told me the way that he felt. Right. Yeah. yeah. Did, yeah, did yeah, he yeah, care yeah. that you told the XO? Like he's not telling nah. you how to skin the cat. He's that's telling right. you that the the cat needs to get skinned. Right. So yeah, that's right. He's putting that trust in you to just get the job done. He doesn't care exactly. Realistically, like, is it, even if you told him 100% what you did, do you think he's going to lose sleep over it? He nope. probably doesn't care. He's just going to say, cool, they're getting it done. That's what I really care about. That's the ultimate end goal, right? That's that knowing that why with what you're doing. Sorry, right? like, so I, start with you, why. Yep. Are you trying to get, like, are you? do you want me to tell these people because you want to blast this person and make a point? Or are you try, just trying to get these this problem fixed? If you're yeah. just trying to get the problem fixed, then go fix the problem. Like you don't necessarily need to make a huge stink of it, right? But that's where your leadership has to have the trust in you and vice versa, that you have to trust that they are telling you anything and everything that you need to know to get that job done. And then they have to trust that you're actually gonna go do it. Well, right. So like we had a we had a big problem where there was a lot of things, there was a, a big miscommunication flow. So with where I'm with what I'm doing temporarily, uh, I sit in on this morning phone call that goes from the triad, basically to all the, the department master chiefs and so on. Right. And then after I finish that task and I go back to my normal job and I theoretically at the other end of that phone call where the department master chief then takes all that information, filters it and whatever he does. Right. And then passes it along. Well, we just weren't getting a lot of that information. 
I knew a lot of it because I heard, you know, my boss get tasked with it, but I'm not going to say that he's doing it wrong. Like, I don't know, maybe he's doing, he's got some other way to fix it, right? Like I'm not a department master chief and I don't know, but I do know what was being put out. Right. So there's a lot of things that I kind of threw out there like, Hey, I heard this this morning and I, or Hey, I heard this this morning and nothing was coming down to us. And then eventually the senior chief in our office kind of brought it up and said, Hey, so do you have any information about this or about this? You know, I've heard this rumor and I've heard this rumor. Like, what, what do you think on that? And it's like, Oh, right. Yeah. No, I'll I'll fill you in finally on all these things that have been out for a few days that you guys just don't know about. Right. Hmm. Which is frustrating on our level. And the only reason I bring that up is partly so that junior people understand also, it's not like as as the chief like i'm being a jerk by not passing this out right like i know you heard from your roommate who heard all these things and and we haven't told you so you're kind of unsure and it's not necessarily that we're maliciously withholding information or whatever the case is right sometimes like communication flow guaranteed on every on every inspection ever in the navy anything that has to do with with whatever right somewhere in there like communication is going to be a hit almost guaranteed right like nobody has ever just aced communication flow from the bottom to the top yeah. that i've ever heard of i yeah. um well i think a lot of it's, too is like uh, it's a blanket think, statement and i've always think, heard the argument that the problem is that if you're if you're if you think you're doing it that well then you're not doing it enough and you don't care about it enough so you need to do more there's always room for improvement right I think I think probably something I didn't really learn until the last couple of years too is like a lot of things are subjective. Like we think everything is objective and that here's our check sheet like for deck it's like the ASA check sheet, the in-service spec, you know, like these are the GSO, the NSTM, the uh, you know, whatever that thing is for you and your specification, like whatever your uh right, you know, right. whatever your requirements are. I mean, I don't I don't even know what it is in the nuke field, but you know, and maybe that's too classified to share. <laughs> my, my stuff is all unclassed. So, you know, like all the, all the Bosomate stuff, like all those check sheets are out there and we think it's all objective, but it's really not. It's really not. Everything is subjective. Everything is personality based. You know, I hate to say that because there are standards that we, we need to maintain, right? Like definitely right is right is right. However, there's a way to go about business and ensuring you know, that if you're having these conversations like we're having now, right? Like I know if I went to one of your commands right now, just from us spending this time having this conversation, that if I went there, I'd be well-received, right? Or hopefully, I mean, hopefully we're having a good conversation that we're both benefiting from or all of us are, right? You know, so like those those are the things that I think people don't really value as well as they should, you know? Like it's not just that my life jackets are properly preserved or that my ship is completely haze gray or that, you know what I mean? Like I, I think, or, you know, your galley is completely sanitized. Like, yeah, okay. All that's great. And that, that is the standard of course. And we should always do that. However, it can, you know, it's like I had an XO one time we were going through a major inspection, a large, like a very compressed timeline. He was like, it's pretty profound. It, it, it was so profound that this was like, what was it like 13 years ago now? And I still remember he was like, Hey, listen guys, if we're going to get there from here. It's a matter of how painful does it have to be? Yeah. And that's exactly right, man. Like you're going to deploy, you're going to meet mission. How painful does it have to be? Right. And so the way to make it less painful 
is to have those conversations and to, like you said, filter that information through ensuring that everybody is getting the knowledge, you know, communicating with the inspector, being open kimono, like having these, conver- you know, like we're having now having these conversations. That's how you succeed. Yeah. You could have, I, you could have your maybe stuff. It's a, AJ squared maybe away. it's a preference thing. What do you like, mean? I, I'm of the camp that I would rather have, I would rather hear like verbatim hear the entire conversation, like hear the inflection of how it was put out, hear all of that so that I heard everything, right? You can tell me as my boss, what you care about and what mm-hmm. you think I need to focus on. And that's fine. But I, I would rather have all of the information because the problem is that when you hear, when I don't get certain information, right. And other people may have, or other people have a different focus, right? I don't have I don't have a complete picture, so I can't make like a sound decision based on that. Mm. You know what I mean? If you tell me everything, for sure. Yes, I just lost something. Can you guys yeah. hear me? Yeah. Okay. I just whoever was talking i could like it just cut out and then there's a big pause and then jeff said for sure so is that what everybody else heard or did i just lose somebody it's doc okay is he was he talking doc ruined everything yeah i can't hear doc at all he had an issue earlier where he dropped out and came back but then i guess it didn't actually work because i i don't see his audio at all Oh, well, the rest of us do. I yeah, do. We're is it. He, does it look like it's recording on Zencaster? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. It, it'll probably it'll probably work itself out on the back end when we do the post-production. I just can't. For some reason, I can't hear only him. So, Doc, go home. <laughs> he already is home. Hey, so just for everybody's situational awareness, we broke Zencaster, which is the platform we use to record, and we lost Doc. And you know what it was Bob. is our our content yeah. was so good that it was so you know, fire that Zencaster up. couldn't handle yeah. all four of us in one place <laughs> at one time. So, Goats After Dark got truncated. But yeah, man, uh, we'll we'll we're definitely going to do it again. That was fun because this was originally going to be just me and Bob doing another Ask the Chief, and then. Uh, he messaged you guys and I was just like, you got, we're doing it in 15 minutes if you guys want to jump on and it just happened to come together. So it was awesome. Yeah. I love it when a plan comes together because <laughs> I love you it never when know, a plan um, comes together. Yeah. You know, you never know, like you think that you have these great ideas of grandeur, just like, uh, you know, you think you're going to spend this amount of time in the military. You're going to do these certain things and then yeah. you do, the universe has other plans or it pushes you in another direction just like tonight. Right. So yeah, four of us were able to jump on and have a really great conversation that hopefully you know, kind of landed with somebody with, with some help. Yeah. And I mean, like, so that we were talking about my situation and like, I'm going to address it. There'll be a spin the yarn at some point after my family knows and everything, but about my medical stuff. And so it's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be up, I'm sure. But it's like, yeah, figuring out like what's next for me. And like, I talk about it a lot already, but now it sounds like I'm going to be forced to, (laughs) transfer to the civilian world but uh yeah man it'll be interesting to see and like we were talking about offline a little bit when the thing was not playing well it was like mm-hmm. it's interesting that medical things are forcing me to call it a day because medical concerns are what was making me like seriously consider retirement i was like worried about just like normal stuff like longevity and vitality and i just wanted to make sure i was taking care of myself because i'm about to have kids like way later than other Mm -hmm. people do 
Um, and then just like the, the stress of the decision-making process has effectively been removed too, because I felt like I'd almost be like quitting or like be, I don't know, like backing down from a challenge of being a, a cog or CMC. And it's like, now I'm basically being told I don't have a choice. So it's like, I, and, and I have this passion of this platform. And so it's like, I kind of, I feel like now is the time to capitalize and like run as far down the road as I can of developing this platform into a business and like a, a leadership and development, like education platform instead of just a podcast. And it's like, I feel like now it's getting to the point where now is when I have to do it. If I waited another three years or more, it's like, I feel like I'll kind of miss the window or something. And um, yeah, strike while that's another, yeah, that's another thing that I'm like, I'm like excited almost because it's like, well, I, I get to go down this exciting new road and go on this adventure, which I my heart kind of wanted to do anyway. But then I just had this pull to like where I was like, I wasn't sure I was done yet. And it's like now it's like <laughs> the universe and my body are telling me I am, in fact, done yet. So, yeah, man, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, right? Like, uh, yeah, first of all, I think that anybody that knows my story knows I can definitely relate with where you're at with that. You know, yeah. uh, taking away the decision fatigue and just knowing that you thought you had a trajectory that you were going to go on. Right. Like or at least this is what you were supposed to do to check the boxes to to show up where you were supposed to show up as the person you were supposed to be. But then, you know, the universe had other plans for you. Right. Yeah. And so I think that kind of goes back to the lesson of just knowing that you're not in control. Right. Yeah. Like, like we, we think we're in control of our destiny. And the the reality is you make the best decisions you can. You make, you know, I'm definitely not encouraging anybody to not make good decisions or, you know, not push for promotion and qualifications and whatever that thing is, you know, like, yeah, definitely strive for all those things. But at the same time, when it doesn't go your way, you have to pivot and move and adapt with that as well. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe you're not a cob. Maybe I'm not a commander. Uh, but we're still pretty good dudes doing some good stuff for the universe. (laughs) Yeah, man. And I'm not mad about it. Like it's, it is what it is. And it's like, I feel like, I don't know, man. It's kind of like the, like we were talking a little bit earlier about the, everything happens for a reason. And I feel like, um, I don't know, man, it just feels like we were talking about earlier where it's like, I have this weird perspective on how getting through this challenge with my health issues is like, it's like, I feel like there, I already see the areas in which like, I'm going to get better and be better as like just a human and a leader and whatever you want to, mm-hmm. whatever label you want to attach. Well, to and how you, how you can be of service for it. others. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, like just so, going into it, I recognize that now. So I'm just like, geez, like I'm, I'm already like, it, I'm weirdly at peace with it where I'm just like, yeah, I mean, this is going to suck in a lot of ways but it's like i feel like i'm gonna be smiling through the whole damn thing already because i just died it's like i feel like i this was supposed to happen and i feel okay about it and i feel like i'm gonna get a lot out you, of it and uh, learn a lot do you from journal it. at all uh not no not outside of the i mean i talk so damn much on this thing that i don't i was gonna know. say this is like an audible jur- journal yeah so like yeah. you know have you ever thought about like what your priorities are um explicitly probably not often i mean it it definitely comes Mm -hmm. up yeah i don't know like not not, i don't know that i've like sat down and focused on solely that thing and just been like like kind of written it down or and figured it out and 
I don't know. I've, I, think I guess I just passively think about that now. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you know, what passively I mean? thought about yeah, it. Yeah. So, like, you know, for me, a lot of it was like my priorities were making captain. I mean, literally, yeah. that was my number one priority. I mean, that right. that was the priority. Like everything else, be damned. That's going to be. I'm definitely going to be Captain Bayless, like for right. sure. And everything else of that fell by the wayside. And then what happened was anything that didn't contribute to that, you know, was not a priority. Unfortunately, I don't, I'm not saying that's a good way to look, you know, that's not a good lens to look through, but what this is going to give you is an opportunity to look at, you know, what your priorities really are. You know, is it being a CMC or a Cobb? Right. Is it making guts the biggest podcast ever? Is it your family? Like it's going to, it's going to give you some time to introspectively do the work into who you are, not what you do. Right. And and I think that I kind of, I, I think I started recognizing that already a little, but I haven't like, I haven't really, cause I was still in the like decision paralysis. You know what I mean? Like um, mm-hmm. I hadn't really sat down and, and thought about that because I still had time. I was, I guess I was, I like purposely was passively like mulling it over my head and waiting. And then I knew it would come time where it's like, all right, I really got to sit down and like figure this out and like decide like, what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? And does, does this decision of yay or nay, like what does, what, how does each one fit in? And does it, does it meet those things? priorities you know what i mean like am i am i running contrary mm-hmm. to what i say my priorities are if i say yes or if i say no um and i think i would have found that saying yes ran contrary to more of my priorities than i would have been okay with and i think i would have ended yeah. up retiring but it's like it's hard to tell man because i'm like a there's a scene in uh the mark Wahlberg movie shooter which is kind of cheesy but mm-hmm. i like those types of movies and mark Wahlberg's a boss i so, do too I was watching that movie and he says he's talking about like basically like how did I fall for this like thing where he's just like when Uncle Sam says jump, I say how high it's just like programmed into my DNA. So it's like for me, Mm. I'm like, it's real hard for me to say no when people in this organization say they need me or that like you like you need to be a cop. You'll be so good at it. Like you have such a high ceiling. Like these are literally words my CMC has said to me and he he pushes all the time because he really wants people like me to do that job. But he, he's also a really good human and he understands that I need to take care of me and my family first. And so it's like, if I make the decision otherwise, like he'll, he'll be bummed, but he'll be super supportive of me and the path that I'm going down. But like, it's, he's just, I, when he says he need he like, he needs people like me. I'm like, okay, where do I, where do you need me? Like, where, send me, send me there now. Like, where, where do I need to go? Yeah. What do I need to do? And I was already on, like thinking in my mind, as soon as I got this medical stuff squared away, cause at the time I didn't think it was a serious, um, that as soon as I was on the other end of that, I was just going to go talk to him and be like, Hey man, it's cardboard time. Let's go. And then get me out of here on the next thing diving. And just, I'll, I'll go do it now yeah. instead of sitting here on shore duty. Cause I'm just not programmed for shore duty. Um, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, would that, would that yeah. have been the move? Probably not, but that's probably what it would have ended up happening. Had I not gotten into this position of an hour, um, I, there's you no, know, man, I'm, I'm actually, for me. as I'm sitting here listening to you and as we were talking off mic for a minute, as I'm thinking about it, like, I'm very grateful to have met you and come into your life in this time where I can be a part of this evolution for you. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? 
Uh, Ditto. Because, yeah, well, I mean, we can bounce some ideas off each other. Uh, and I'm not saying I got all the answers or anything, but yeah, uh, I might just be like a few months ahead of like this evolution, right? Yeah. Um, hence the name of my podcast, The Evolution. But a philosophy I've, I've considered and something I've thought about a lot is like, if you love something or love someone or even love yourself, right? Whatever that person thing or whatever that thing is that you love, right? So let, let's just say it's ourselves right now. Mm-hmm. You have to know that that's going to evolve and change. Yeah. And you have to know that if it's a relationship with someone else, a relationship with your job, a relationship with yourself, that you have to love not what it is that that person is at the time or what they could have potentially been, but who they are. Right. Right. So for me, I loved that I was a powerful Ironman triathlete with 3% body fat, a lot of tattoos (laughs) and uh, the ability to uh, command a sea, you know, like walk the deck plates and just kick butt most mate wise. Right. Yeah. Those were all things that I did, but did I love myself for who I was when I had to pivot and evolve and change that I could love myself through all of that? At that time, the answer was no, you know, because those were how I quantified or how I qualified myself as a human being. Yeah. And when you do that, I think, I think what, what ends up happening is, you know, you find yourself in an unhappy place. Like for me, it, it led me to like suicidal ideations and, complete loss of identity and I'm not projecting that on you. You have your head on straight. Uh, yeah. But I'm kind of, just... I'm kind of, it's rewarding for me to be able to have these conversations with you at this time in your life, in this season, yeah. in this chapter of your life, because you're just like a few months behind me of like knowing that you're going to have to pivot, you know, and yeah. you're just going to have to check in with your own value system and know that like you love yourself and that, you're going to do good things for the Navy or for your family or for yourself going forward, regardless, you know? Yeah. And I not, think not, that actually not regardless, <laughs> not, not yeah. in spite of it, but because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that just something I learned from my mom a long time ago was just, uh, when I, like when my first marriage ended, uh, I was a hot mess cause mm-hmm. I got cheated on it. It was a bad day, but, um, just talking about it, just saying the things out loud, like it's, it's cathartic. Like you get something, cathartic, some kind of like yeah, you just said recovery. The word I was about to say, yeah. yeah. You get some recovery out of it by just getting it out of your head and, and saying it out loud. And then, you know, a con- just a natural flow of a conversation. There's going to be, people are going to have perspectives and things to say that you didn't think of and maybe challenge you a little bit and stuff like that. So it's like, that's why I love doing this so much as I get to have those conversations and just to, not just for me, like for my own growth, which is definitely part of it, but like I get to help other people do that. I get to just get out of my head stuff that's in there bouncing around and it, it helps like, cause I, my brain never shuts off. Like I'm just constantly working through things all the time. And it's fun to be able to have those conversations, but it's also like in this specific arena, like, cause I talked to a lot of people about things that relate to me. I mean, it was more like the career decision-making thing that was coming up, but it's like, it helps just to talk, just to work through it. Even if I don't arrive at a solution during that conversation, it like it gets me like one step closer, like over and over again until I, I get that. I, I feel like I've explored everything and like weighed it all. And, 
um, worked through all the things in my head and now it's just decision time and I can comfortably make that decision knowing that I've explored all those, you know, concepts and stuff just by having those conversations. So I'm a a big fan of just being able to do that. Yeah, for sure. And the the beauty of this platform is that every person that listens to this podcast is going to get to be a fly on the wall as you go through that transformation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And I'm going to be, I, I was a little, cause I don't like, uh, being the center of attention in a lot of ways, but like, I feel like it, this is me learning lessons from you and Grant Khan is like this thing being super open about this thing in particular, which I'll address with that spin the yarn and then go from there pretty openly about it is like, I just feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people can like get something from it or relate just knowing that I'm a guy in the position that I'm in going through what I'm going through. It's like if, if uh, one or two people get some, like get like some kind of like, I don't know, like goodness out of that, then like it's, I'm super happy to, to be real open and, and vulnerable with like the, the thing that, that I'm going to be dealing with over the next year or so. So, well, and also I think I'm very careful and I, I do know what I'm saying. So it's not like I'm slipping up when I say a cuss word. So if you want to bleep this out, you can, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm saying this on purpose. The world does not benefit from you hiding your bad history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you have something to share that can help someone else, like why yeah. would you hide it? Right. Like, you and- know, the, if, and I'm not saying that we are bad in any way, uh, but if if you have something that can benefit someone else, there's absolutely yeah. the only reason you're probably hiding that. Now, I'm not projecting this on you, but for the majority of people, the reason that people are hiding it is insecurity or fear, yeah, or anxiety. The, of you know, I think for me, it's it's like anxiety I, a little bit. I, but I'm just like, I, it's because I don't like. I get this weirdness about just the interactions of like, so like if I put that out there, which I, which I'm going to, um, I'm going to mm-hmm. get sympathy and I don't want it. I don't need it. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like I, but I feel weird about that. And I don't know if it's like a, it's just some personality thing for me where I have a, I have like this issue where p- when people want to give me things, it's like, I just want to be the giver and you be the receiver and that's it. I just want to help people and, and I get, I get a lot out of doing that. So it's a, it, in a lot of ways, it's a selfish pursuit. So it's like, I don't need anything from you. I'm already getting it by you letting me help you. And so it's like, I'm already getting the satisfaction. Yeah. And so I get this weirdness yeah. where pe- when people want to turn around and, and give to me and for me to be the one receiving, it's like, I, I makes me, it makes me feel weird. Like I get this, I feel it feels wrong to me. It's, and it's this weird thing that I know probably isn't something I should be that concerned about, but it just, it just is. Um, and so I, let uh, me, let me give you an I example. I worry a little bit about uh, that. So like for me, it was very hard to receive compliments. And so a practice that I started taking was just like, I received that, <laughs> which is uh, kind okay. of an awkward thing to say. Right. Yeah. But when somebody would give me a compliment, I would just say, I received that. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I like I was yeah. always very self-deprecating. I was always like, yeah, no. I am too. Yeah, I am too. I actually yeah, had a CEO so, yell at me once. Like, can you just take the damn compliment? I'm like, yes, sir. Well, and then, you know, another thing is like sometimes people want to do things for you. And I, I still struggle with this with my wife. Uh, you know, like she'll want to do things for me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm good. You know, like, yeah. 
I don't even know a good example, but just maybe she wanted to pay for a trip to go to Mexico or whatever, you know, just whatever that thing was. And I was like, no, 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 I absolutely cannot let you do that. But then at a certain point, you have to receive the gift because people get joy out of giving you that gift. Does that make sense? Right. So like you're actually doing them a disservice by not receiving the gift. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think like, I've gotten better because is kind of, well, my fiance has kind of, I try to not use her name. Uh, my fiance has taught me that <laughs> yeah. in way, in a lot of ways yeah. where she, cause I, she wears it on her sleeve. Like I see how happy she is when she gets to do mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's, so it's like, it makes yeah. me happy to see her happy. So I'm just like, ah, all right, I, I can, like I'll get over it. But the, I don't know, something, the well, sympathy when, when thing you're, is when you're in this- weird. Well, yeah, that's going to make sympathy me, for that's yeah, that's going to be mm. real weird for me. Um, that's like I don't even because at, at first when I was talking to my fiance about it, I was like, do I got to tell everybody like, can I just not <laughs> it was like she's like, no, no, I think you kind of got to tell everybody like not like everybody, everybody. But um, but yeah, like immediate family on both sides. And like, and I'm just like, I got to see them all the time and they're going to look at me differently. And I'm just like, I don't know if I well, want to do that. Here, here's you know what I, mean? I would tell you, like, bring it, bring it into the light. Yeah. You know what I mean, like that would be my advice. I'm, just I'm bring gonna. it into the light because y- you have to. Yeah. You have to, because if not, it's, it's just going to remain in the darkness. And like the only thing that can extinguish darkness is light. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, yeah. light doesn't know, <laughs> light doesn't uh, discriminate, right? Like, as, yeah, soon as, and it's like, as soon as you turn I, on a flashlight and go into a room, it, it automatically distinguishes, like, it puts out. Yeah. And darkness. I know, I know I'm going to need help as I go through it. So it's like, I, I know that that's mm-hmm. one of the, one of the big reasons is because they're going to want to help. And, um, and I'm going to need it. So it's like, that's one of the big reasons. Plus they're just going to be concerned about me and like, what can we do and blah, like, and I get it. And it's, I don't know, man, it's just, I, well, it's like can, just that thing. I'll, I'll get over it, but it's just, that's the, the thing for me is the, the, I, I'm concerned that like people are going to, I don't know, like alter their view of me as like a, almost like I'm broken or something. And it's like, I'm not, I'm fine. Like, but I'm not at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of weird. I'm still working through that in my head because I don't feel any different right now, right now. Well, and it'll take Um, some time. Like everything takes time, you know? Yeah. Uh, I actually just recorded, I typically don't encourage, (laughs) like I don't point it like all of my podcasts, just like I'm sure all of yours are my babies. Right. So, but the one I recorded last night, I was thinking about like how we're all, kind of in this environment right now with COVID-19 and the quarantine. And like, I was thinking about, you know, okay, right now we're all kind of stuck in this like holding pattern. Like we're all in this, in this moment or this season or this chapter of like, kind of like where you are, where this is the only thing we can think about in the moment, right? Like this is our, this is our 32 page chapter that we're going to have to flip through every page. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, the waiting is the hardest part, you know, it's just like the unknown, the anxiety, but the definition of patience for me is not necessarily waiting, right. Or knowing that, you know, there's, there's going to be some stuff you have to go through. And then on the other side, like, you know, you're going to be cancer free and you're going to, you know, be out of the Navy or whatever that looks right. like. 
the hard part is keeping the positive mental attitude while you're waiting. Yeah. Right. Like that is patience. That is the definition of patience is keeping a positive mental attitude while you're waiting for the other things to happen. You know, Yeah. like, Oh man, I just got goosebumps saying that. Cause that's exactly the hardest part. Yeah. You know, like I, that's what makes it so rewarding too, though, is like, I, I probably naive, with a positive mental attitude. Yeah, I probably naively think right now that that part's going to be easy, but I'm sure I'm wrong. <laughs> like as I go through the like the especially after the surgery is going to be pretty invasive, and then uh, there will be like chemo or radiation or some combination afterwards. But it's like, um, yeah, and that's that's all just projected right now. I mean, who knows what's actually going to happen as I go through all the treatment, but. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, I naively think right now that I'm just going to be able to do what I do every other time, like on submarines or to being in the military, like anytime I'm in this, like impossibly miserable, like inescapable, painful situation, I, we just look at each other and laugh and it's like, I, and I mm-hmm. kind of just joke, I, we joke about how much our lot in life sucks at that moment and that's how we cope. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how yeah. I'm going to cope Coping, is to yeah. just poke fun at it and poke fun at myself and how s- ridiculous the situation is as far as like how it sucks and how I wish I could just eat a giant hamburger without throwing it up or whatever the, whatever the case is. Like I have zero experience or knowledge on this topic thus far, but, um, but yeah, who, I mean, who I do you like talk it. to uh, I mean, it's the, uh, when we're recording this, I mean, this is two days old as far as the diagnosis. So like I, nobody yet, um, mm-hmm. I'll talk to my mom a ton. That's, that's the, mm-hmm. I, I, she's kind of my, um, shoulder to lean on. That's not my fiance. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's, she's here and I talk to her about everything, but my mom is like the, when something explodes in my life, she's my first call, uh, prior to this, prior to getting engaged. So it's like, I mean, I, I talk to my fiance about everything, but it's like my mom is my, uh, my person that I call and work things out with and stuff. And, um, at this point in their, they're long retired. So, I mean, she'll probably once the, once it's not so risky for her to fly, I'm sure she'll probably fly out here and spend a ton of time out here. And, um, yeah, yeah. especially once I get to the, what about, uh, here I go getting too woo woo on you again, but <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it, man. You know what? What's your uh, what's your beliefs with like higher power, spirituality, anything um, like that? I don't. Has even... it caused you to question that at all? No, because um, I I have this weird outlook of like I grew up uh, like kind of Roman Catholic and then went non denominational Christian type path because my mom was a born again Christian and, um, still Mm -hmm. is like still very deep in her faith. But, um, so I grew up in church. I mean, my whole youth was spent at, uh, in a Christian church, but, um, I kind Mm -hmm. of, it kind of evolved into this, like, it's kind of just my own thing. Uh, it's like, uh, I have this opinion that like every religion is just like a group of humans trying to interpret something outside of themselves created everything and has control and like i i feel like maybe it's because my human mind can't can't wrap itself around the concept but it's like i feel like there is definitely like i've always believed and felt that there was a like a god and or something that has the like has control or whatever 
Um, but I've always kind of been like more of like a, I don't know, like the lines are a little blurry as to, I don't really like, I don't, I don't like subscribe to a religion's like tenants and rules and stuff exclusively. I'm kind of, I don't know, I guess if the word's agnostic or whatever the heck it is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely believe there's a God and it probably leans pretty hard towards Christianity, but I, I don't, you know, I don't. Do you pray at all or meditate or have any mindfulness yeah. practice or anything? Yeah, like that? probably not. Probably not as often as I should, but yeah. And that's something that I bought. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those like I always wanted to do it more, but I it ends up being a an easy uh, sacrifice to not because I would rather sleep in or I'd, you know what I mean? Like I'd, I get mm-hmm. home from work and I just yeah. want to do these things and then, you know what I mean? So I, it's, it's something that's. how these. Uh, how these moments where our backs are against the wall or when we think that, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's about us all the time. And then at a certain point, whatever that is, that causes you to reevaluate. Yeah. Uh, can push you back. And I'm certainly like, I am Christian. Uh, yeah. I don't go to church every Sunday, but I'm, I'm pretty open. Like I don't push my Christianity on people, but I'm definitely like, I'm not necessarily saying I'm a Bible thumper, but like yeah. my daughter got baptized and I, I boohooed like a baby. Like, yeah. you know, I was so proud to see my daughter get saved by Jesus Christ. Like I, you know, but I, I don't necessarily think that that needs to be for everybody. But what I do think is that just knowing that it's bigger than you and having a belief in some sort of higher power, like my wife's not Christian. I mean, she's probably a practicing Buddhist. I would probably, I mean, she would even hate that title. She would be like, yeah, eh, I don't know. But I mean, I think just knowing that it's bigger than you and having some practice, some sort of idea, you know, a morning practice, a morning meditation, like I don't, I don't meditate as often as I should, but I do like, so I, you know, I, I run pretty much every day or ride my bike every day. And what I do is like, if I'm going on an hour run or a two hour bike ride or whatever that thing is at least like 30 minutes of that or 15 minutes of that, whatever it is for that day, I don't have any noise. Yeah. That way it's just like a mindfulness practice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that helps, that helps me through a lot of times when I, you know, need to work through some stuff like you're having to work through right now, right? These conversations help. There are a lot of things that can help. Working out helps. All this stuff helps, but I think sometimes just getting in your own head and having that time alone to, think about what it is that that defines you you know and, and how you're going to move through it uh, yeah like i said earlier it's kind of woo woo <laughs> you oh, good man <laughs> everything comes in and out of you right like it, there's like right now what you're dealing with is not something that you can you can't uh block this from happening to you like it's right. going to happen it's going to come in you and then it's going to come out of you. And that's how the universe works. That's how God works. It comes in and out of you, like up and out, right? Like, I know that's kind yeah. of weird. Like, I'm with you. <laughs> I, almost, I, almost, I almost feel sick saying it because I'm like, oh, my God. I sound like this, like, yeah. no, hippie I, I yogi. Get you. <laughs> but, you know, like, you don't get a choice. It's going to come in and out of you. You yeah. know what I mean? So my encouragement to you would be to take, like, 30 minutes a day to just – sit on it and think about it. And I would say pray on it, but I don't, I don't push that because I don't want, you know, like some people get hung up when they're like, Oh my God, you're pushing, 
You're pushing I grew up in that, man, where it was getting forced down my throat, and I have a, like... Yeah, and that's an not... issue dude, with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus did not walk around going, like, I want all your money, and yeah. uh, you need to dress a certain way, and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway, you know, sitting with it for 30 minutes a day is, is probably... A, a good thing, man, just to help you move through it, you know, cause it's, it's going to come in and out of you. I mean, it's, it's gonna, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, you, I think we probably need to wrap this up. I'm, I'm starting to <laughs> fade a little bit, just like from standing. I got a standing desk in the office and my knees are hurting. Um, yeah, no worries. But, yeah. That yeah, was 30 man. minutes too. That's good. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> well, thanks man. And for doc and Bob that I'm sure are listening, I appreciate you guys all make making the time and this was fun man like we had been talking about doing this for a while and i'm glad we finally got to it was kind of spur of the moment where we we're able to pull everybody together but well i definitely want to do this again it's fun to have all the different voices in the room and get all the different viewpoints because there's a lot of points at which we were like ah let me push back on that and like that kind of like conversation i love that fly. part of it yeah being a fly on the yeah. wall of the mess was kind of what i wanted to accomplish with this and i think we did and hopefully people enjoy it well yeah i know i know you're not gonna put the, put the light on yourself, but I, I do want to encourage the listener to, you know, just throw out some positivity in your direction, uh, with what you're going through and know that you're not alone and we're all here for you. So, uh, you know, reach out to us and I'd encourage the listener to, you know, whatever that thing is, you know, if you got some positivity to send in the host, you want to be anonymous, <laughs> If you want to throw some positivity in Senior's way, man, it mean a lot to me because uh, what he's doing here is an act of service for you guys. Even just saying a prayer or taking a minute to send some positivity or sharing this podcast with somebody that needs to hear it, that would mean a lot to me, and I know it would mean a lot to those. So appreciate yeah. you guys. Thanks, man. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I plan on doing it again, even for no other reason than it was just so much fun to uh, just to talk to those guys and have that type of conversation and joke around. Um, it it really is a typical type of conversation that happens in there. Uh, it you can't. It's hard to give like a specific um, example, but I, I do want to try to go down that road on the next one that we do, and we'll definitely do another one. Uh, might even try to get Fleet Kingsbury in there. I'm talking to you, Paul. he's probably listening, but, uh, get him in there as well. And just have conversations about tough topics about the chief stuff that we, me and Paul talked about previously or any other type of topic, like how, how productive are DRBs and what should we do about it? And go into some detail there and give some C stories and just talk about some of our experiences. Those are the types of things I want to explore when we have a bunch of, a bunch of guys on the podcast doing that type of thing. And I'll try to drag other people in to get a little diversity in there, but, um, but yeah, definitely going to do it again in the future. Uh, if you got any feedback for us, questions, comments, concerns, hit us up. Don't go up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message me. Don't go up the ship podcast, or you can DM me on Instagram or Reddit or be active in the subs on Reddit. We got our own at D gets podcast. And then uh, we got the the Navy thread as well that we're active in and you'll see our episodes posted soliciting discussion. So be active in those, ask us questions, challenge us, give us feedback. Um, if you could like, share, subscribe the content, review us on, uh, iTunes, all those things helps us get visibility, uh, and get the platform exposed to people that need it. Uh, and then as always, if you want to support us, dgustpodcast.com slash shop, uh, you can get t-shirts, stickers, magnets, all that stuff, uh, not for profit, just helps keep all the bills paid. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. Mm-hmm.